0: tonight
3: Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films and TV movies? TV movies and direct-to-DVD Mickey animated <laughs> features of 1999 from the North Pole here in 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybar. And I'm Phyllis Gove. And with us for the 6th
1: slash 7th
3: time? 6th slash 7th, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. 6th slash 7th. No one's catch up to you. <laughs> No, because we bring you back every... Th- every chance we every can. Every time we're yep. a little low on the <laughs> downloads.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's entirely Emily true.
3: Vanderwerf <laughs> critical large Vox media. Thanks for coming back. They call me the download actually.
4: <laughs> <laughs> on a podcast. Yeah.
3: yeah. She's back because she once tweeted about Christmas Carol. And I said to Phil, we got to get her on. Oh, yeah. I
1: mean,
2: the do you think we-, we
3: can get her back? Is what I said? And you, you said, did. I will. I'll try my best. Yeah, She's always <laughs> never willing to do a podcast.
1: I think at uh, the end of the Blair Witch episode, which is the first one I was on. Yeah. Um, I was like, do you, what Christmas movies came out this year? I'd love to do a Christmas movie. And none came out. That was, we thought about that trying to do a Christmas episode last had already year. We done them
2: both. And, well, yeah, Go and, and Eyes Wide Shut. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone's favorite Christmas movies. Uh, and we kind of, I don't know, this was one of those things where I didn't even know that these two things even came out, quite honestly. <laughs> I mean, if, if I'm being completely honest... So what are we doing, Phil? We're doing Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas mm-hmm. and Patrick Stewart's <laughs> TNT Movie of a Christmas Carol. Yep, we sure are. Everyone's favorite Christmas uh, Both of these
3: things are available. They are available.
2: Um, you can Mickey's watch them. It's on Disney Plus on It's Disney, on Disney Plus. It's on yeah.
3: Disney Plus, like everything else ever made. It's true. Um, we should talk a little about Disney Plus while, we, sure. while we're here. Um, Beautiful interface. The, maybe I, the best of them so far. Honestly, I'm crazy about it. <laughs>
2: uh and then Hulu uh, should take uh take a look at disney plus (laughs) patrick because hulu's interface is a mess shouldn't be that hard they literally have to look across the office (laughs) um then the patrick Stewart Stewart tnt TNT is on uh, itunes on itunes amazon yeah it's
3: it's a pretty typical uh pretty typical tv movie i don't mean anything bad about that i have have nice things to say about it but um it's a tv movie
1: yeah and, um hey, I didn't know
2: that That's Mickey's the Once Upon a Christmas was, uh, was a trilogy of shorts Yeah, until I, I started actually, watching it.
1: When I read it, I thought it was going to be like flashbacks to like old – you know how they used yeah. to the package films of old Disney shorts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like here's a yeah. little framing device. Yeah. I was surprised to find this was just like all new material. Yeah. yeah. Ish. Created by Disney Japan. It's said Interesting. In the credits. I actually watched the huh. entire credits to figure out who sang the Deck the Hall song uh-huh. at the end of the movie because it sounded so late nineties. It's by Shadazy. <laughs> Which is like, that's a 90s flashback, right? Who's Shadake's? Yeah, maybe for you. They were, I I I, I think they were like kind of playing that Dixie Chicks lane. Because The Dixie Chicks were big. And everyone was like, maybe what people want is women singing country songs. Uh, And, uh, you know, then the Dixie Chicks did their thing. And now people just assume no one wants to hear women singing country, even though they're enormously successful. Yeah. yeah. The Miranda Lamberts and Casey Musgraves of the world are, you know, huge, successful, award winning, critically acclaimed artists who sell lots are of they? albums? They are. are like,
2: no, no, no. Either, no, they are. I mean, but are they pure country? Like, there's well, a pop sort of infusion in a, in because, a Casey Musgraves, for instance. In because her that's
1: song. the only way they can get radio play.
2: Right? And I don't and mean they, that in a derogatory yeah, yeah. sense. I they mean,
1: don't get country radio play. I know, we,
2: concert, right? love radios, like, we love Casey Musgraves. We both went to see Casey Musgraves. We saw them together. We, we saw her together. Did.
3: We did. You, uh, know, you know what happened after that, right?
2: Your son started swearing a lot more.
3: My son? Did you see Casey Musgraves in concert? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, she curses a lot. Uh-huh. So we're I took my seven-year-old. My, yeah, my son is crazy about cursing. So he just started <laughs> cursing like nuts. But Layla, yeah. I've told you this. Yeah, Layla stopped listening yeah. to her. She swears too much. She used to be Layla's favorite yeah. artist. And now she's like, no, I'm not into it. She says, fuck too much.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're a Puritan, I know. It's wow. w- it, but I love that there really are the yin and yang to each other in so oh, many I ways. Know. I
1: yeah. think, uh, how, how old's they like are they're, twins. They're, they're seven-year-old twins. twins. Okay. Well, I think seven-year-old Emily and Layla would have really gotten along. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes.
1: No one bit, should
3: swear. Bit of a purity. Uh, uh, that's yeah, really Layla funny. was so put off by it, which is like, yeah, she did
2: not even in like when the show was in the moment. She didn't you can like, tell. I wonder. Do you think part of it is because Rollins loves it so much? Like, do you think that there's a little bit of her just I, being like, I'm going to say the opposite of what he says? I say. I think it's the the opposite. Okay. I think
3: Layla has a pure distaste mm-hmm. for. Uh, that kind of, uh, vulgarity. Okay. (laughs) Whereas Rollins will do whatever the opposite. Oh okay. Okay. Fair enough. So Let, me, it, let yes.
1: me drag this motherfucker back <laughs> on track
2: you want to get back have on you Christmas? Seen, have you
1: seen the Casey Musgrave's Christmas special? Of course you no, haven't. It's not it's out not yet. A, but uh, you have, oh, so. have you seen
2: it? Is it great? It's a lot of fun. I'm it's excited. Lo- it's I'm very, excited very excited
1: strange a and a lot of fun. Um, I'm
2: excited to watch it, I she say. She said it was
1: a idea. A right? idea. Yes, yes. A idea. <laughs> Does it, it feel like it, a idea? It feels like a idea. That sounds good. Yeah, it's good. It's fun.
2: Yeah, that's a great group of people she brought together. It's super fun.
3: The other thing is that she's a stoner. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of unusual um, in that genre to have she, an open yes. female stoner.
2: Can I also say, I don't know if you've watched her episode of Reese Witherspoon's show on Netflix, Shine On, by any chance? You I try not is. to watch Netflix. But I <laughs> but I have. Uh, yeah, Reese Witherspoon has, I think it's like eight or ten episodes. She goes and talks to um, – successful women and asked them how they became what they became and yeah. mm-hmm. which, lovely show. Best of intentions. Uh Casey Musgraves drives a beat up Honda element, which just makes me also kind of happy too. Yeah. <laughs> like I just think that she what? I don't I just mean she's got a lot of money. Yeah, I, I mean spend it. <laughs> <laughs> Live it up. I just kind of I don't know. It was I found it kind of charming. For what it that's is worth. charming. I don't know. She seems she seems lovely. She seems very grounded and like a normal person.
1: I'm calling it now by the time we record the 2023 Christmas episode. (laughs) Casey Musgraves and I will be married. Oh, wow. She's married now. Yeah, I can break that up. (laughs) You're married now. I can break that up. Look at me.
3: <laughs> 2023 <laughs> that's amazing 2023 why not she is uh i mean i wasn't going to objectify her like that emily but i will now she is quite a babe she's, she's very she's pretty yes yeah, she's, she's pretty. quite a babe and has a babe personality and,
2: and is also a little bit she was on the tonight show uh i don't know a couple days ago mm-hmm. promoting this christmas special um and it's clear that she's a little awkward in an interview which yeah. is also charming too like she's not totally comfortable in the spotlight which makes her that much more there is a adorable. quality
1: to her where somebody's going to put her in an indie movie and yeah. in like a supporting role and yeah. she's either going to be amazing or she's going to be the worst thing ever <laughs> yeah. and
2: i can't wait i really can't yeah. wait because there's great. like
1: no middle ground yeah.
2: yeah so this is our episode on casey <laughs> west <Coast>. <laughs>
3: whatever <laughs> let's do the uh christmas stuff quick chris carol well, patrick's store well, pretty good well, Nikki <laughs> hold on yeah.
2: <laughs> Let me just do the synopses of Once Upon a Christmas really quickly. Uh, oh no, do the do the pet store first. There's way more to unpack with Mickey. You think so? I was going to say the opposite. All right, go ahead. Do I you think there's do.
1: more to unpack with Mickey too. E-
2: e- Okay. All right. We can do Christmas Carol first. I'm guys. Yeah. I could not be less precious about this episode. Yeah. So. Four
1: hours. Uh,
2: Christmas Carol <laughs> synopsis. It's Christmas Eve, 1850, and the melancholy Scrooge finds himself alone at home when he sees before him the ghost of Jacob Marley, his long, fr- long time friend and business partner who died seven years earlier. Marley warns F- Scrooge that he. Will repent even in death for all the suffering he has caused on others and only, and only has one chance to escape his fate. It's a weird synopsis by Google because uh, it doesn't really talk about, you know, the ghosts of um, <laughs> they're, past, they're present. There are
1: twists. I mean, a twist there are twists. There are some twists.
2: Yeah. Um, Christopher Carroll aired on December 5th, 1999 on TNT. It's got 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. People seem to really like it. Yeah, it's um, like I said to you <laughs> that Dickens is pretty good. Yeah, Dickens... So Variety wrote, oft-told tales are difficult to pull off, but this one gets it right. Director David Jones displays a smooth hand that adds mounds mounds of style to the rendition, and his approach to Peter Barnes' script is a tribute to delicate staging. Stewart as Scrooge is such a perfect piece of casting that it will be hard to imagine anyone else as the sour old tightwad in years to come. The New York Times concurred calling it A Glorious Christmas Carol. Sure, I mean... I liked it fine. Um I'm curious to see this Guy Pierce uh Stephen Knight FX version oh, that's, that's coming so bad. <laughs> it's coming out in so a couple of weeks. Have yeah. you seen that?
1: No, I haven't seen I they haven't sent it to us and FX is usually like six months before the show comes <laughs> out. They're like, please take a look at this thing that's coming out in twenty twenty four. And you're like, what? Like there's not so it's not finished. It's not... There's no effects. You know, we haven't done the color correction. We haven't put in the sound effects. We haven't shot it yet. And we haven't... Yet. Take a look at it. See what you boards. think. And I'm like... Oh, my God. This is work of genius. Yeah.
2: And I slotted in for my top ten. And so yeah. it's not great that they haven't sent it to you yet is what you're saying. No.
1: And like I'm sure there's a lot of posts on this. It looks like they're doing some interesting stuff with the effects. But also it looks like they're trying to make Christmas Carol dark and gritty. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be
3: like a sexy Christmas Carol.
1: You don't need to do that no. to Christmas Carol. Like,
3: well, okay. Here's my question I, about a Christmas I'd Carol. I'd love it to be like real hot, dirty, sexy. Like – <laughs> He's really dealing with like the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, but not like "Girlfriends of the Ghost." You know that one, "The Ghost of Girlfriends." Mm-hmm. Past? Not that movie, no. but I think you can get you can really get into some psychosexual shit.
2: I mean, you you could. Why not? <clears throat> There's nothing stopping anybody yeah. from doing that. I mean, my feeling with a Christmas Carol is to your earlier point: Dickens is pretty good. Like, yeah. it's a bulletproof
3: yeah, it's concept.
2: Yeah. Um, there's a reason why people keep going back to it. It also taps a little bit into what we were talking before we were on mic about Christmas movies that tend to be about uh, alternate futures, alternate pasts, sort of looking within yourself and your history and trying to be a better person and all that, which is all, you know, fine and good. But this was sort of the OG one. It's the one that kind of everybody goes back to. Um it's kind of untouchable. Like you kind of can't fuck it up in a weird way. Just on a, on a purely story level. It's, you know, he's an asshole. And then he's not, if you have a, if you, like a straight ahead version like this, yeah. you can't
3: fuck it up. It's hard to fuck. And
2: Patrick Stewart's legit. I mean, Patrick Stewart
3: knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I think he's a tremendous Scrooge. He was really a very him. good Scrooge. Yes.
1: Uh, Where did I rank him on my list of Scrooge's rank? How many Scrooge's do you have? I ranked 15 of them. Oh I God. think I did this a couple years ago.
3: Oh you have a ranking of I three. did this oh, I did fantastic. this I did
1: this after after Trump won. And I just was <laughs> like, I gotta do something to stop the rise of fascism. And uh, You did it! That's <laughs> what I did. It <laughs> <That
4: can't> worked. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was close. Uh, uh by the way, I think I figured out what the um, mm. uh, Coxmas Carol uh C O C K S M A S. Carol listed on Kenny's in development on his IMDb Pro is me. the dark and sexy Christmas the Carol. Cox <laughs> Cox Cox Cox. That's what I called it. I <laughs> a long way have him as that's, ninth. That's I have him as ninth. ninth. Who's ninth. number one? And you know what? Here's the thing. All the people <laughs> he's behind, I really do stand by it. Like it, it's a good group here. Like I have him above a lot of also rants. So uh, who do you got? I got Elster Simm at number one. Sure. I've got uh, George C. Scott at number two. Okay. Uh, Mr. Magoo at number three. <laughs> uh, Michael Kane at number four. Like, he can't go wrong with that. Uh, Rowan Atkinson, at number five. Okay,
3: Mr. Magoo, they did a Mr. Magoo
1: Christmas. Mr. Show? Yeah, it's just pretty fun. <laughs> I don't
3: know. That's okay. a stretch to me. Scrooge McDuck at number six. Sure, sure, sure.
1: Uh, Lionel Barrymore at number seven. Okay. Uh, Basil. Scrooge McDuck Lionel yeah. Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Basil Rathbone at number eight. Uh, who's, who's? And he's in a personal favorite of mine, so I'm probably giving him brownie points for that. Uh, and then Patrick Stewart at number nine. And I'm just like one Wait, of the. but problems. where's Bill Murray? Ah, uh, Bill Murray's much lower than that. I'm not a fan of Scrooge.
2: Oh, I love Scrooge. Bill Murray's eleven. Right? It's on my list. You don't like Scrooge? I don't like Scrooge. I don't. I don't. I never it's One really of those
1: things either. that I didn't I see yet. it until I, I didn't see it until I was like twenty eight, twenty nine, and I was like, mm. oh, see, I saw it as a kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why.
3: But you want yeah. to know what? Like, I saw right. bits and pieces as a kid and always turned it off. Oh,
1: you know what I, I saw it. as a kid is uh, the 1952 Alcoa Hour uh, special, Stingiest Man in Town starring Basil Rathbone, number eight on this list. So,
2: <laughs> Stingiest Man in Town.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll sing a little song from that if you want.
2: Where's yeah. uh, Where's Jim Carrey on your
1: list? Jim Carrey is like, yes. thir- he's 13th.
2: Um, that I, movie is a nightmare. Have you seen that movie? Well, Bonkers. the first twenty minutes. Not it's,
3: not, no. it's,
2: not, it's not a thing. I've I mean, never it is been interested in The seen. Christmas Carol, to be honest.
1: What do you mean?
3: I've just never really wanted – it's like the thing is, I think I saw a, a play of it once. Sure. I may have seen the George C. Scott version. I mean, everyone knows the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was a little basic. Um, But after sitting through – Sure. Uh, this hour-and-a-half version with Patrick Stewart, I really got into the... And Richard E. Grant
2: is great in this. Yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. He's kind everybody's, of always
1: great. Everybody's great in this. Even Joel Grey, who looks like a marionette. Yeah,
2: what is, is like, he... What was that about? <laughs> all the ghosts look insane. That was crazy. That one was crazy. How about it's- the Ghost of Christmas Future? How did they get the eyes in the back of the head? <laughs> that, that one was- looked like Scrooged.
1: Yeah, all right. <laughs> this is an ultra-niche joke that's going to make sense. I don't even know if it's going to make sense to you. Have you walked by the Bob Baker Marionette Theater here in L.A.? <laughs> that is what joel gray looks like yeah
2: <laughs> he looks I don't, like i don't know what that is he
1: looks like one of the marionettes at the bob baker marionette theater one person is laughing right now one person listening to this
2: podcast is like, <laughs> like, oh my god you that, nailed it yes
1: it's
3: emily listening to herself <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that joke killed i no.
1: ran that by my wife i took a screenshot i was like look hey, at this it hey, looks hey. like a bob look baker marionette right and, and she's like yeah i guess <laughs>
2: Joel uh, Gray does look crazy. He does look crazy. I, I mean, I, I, uh, I thought that uh, Dominic West was pretty, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, everybody in this movie's good. Everybody's good. You know, it 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 doesn't have a lot of money. No, so it's a lot of soundstagey <laughs> work. It's but, I, it's, but I quite like that. But okay. I kind of dug it I will through. say this:
1: I think it's high budget for a late '90s TV movie.
2: That's true. Like
1: this is this is a Hallmark production. Yeah. They put a lot of money into this yeah. shit, and it is like it's very tv soundstagey yeah it's very this is right before the revolution of like people started pouring money into mm-hmm. television mm-hmm. but for that era it's really pretty good
2: there's a shot in it that i was legitimately impressed with which is when he looks out and sees all of the ghosts mm-hmm. over the over yeah. the town i was like that's a,
4: that's that a that cool shot it's a
2: cool spooky shot like and i have to say all the stuff in the graveyard at the end works mm-hmm. you know he's he's giving it his all i mean apparently this is a this is a staple for for patrick stewart he mm-hmm. does this he's done this on stage and you know he's done it many mm-hmm. times um he's very good at it there's times where he's really hamming it up specifically when he laughs at the end i really love i that thought moment. he was having a stroke
1: i never have seen <laughs> somebody try that for reformed scrooge and like the hard thing about doing scrooge is you either overplay the, the miserliness and mm-hmm. so you never quite buy this or you overplay the happiness and you never quite buy this and like I think Stuart actually makes a pretty, he overplays both yeah. which I think is the right choice because then you have the journey in the middle that makes it believable that he goes from one to the other, like that's always the struggle with Christmas Carol and like that's what he taps into that like say Jim Carrey doesn't
3: or so, Bill Murray for that matter to talk a little bit about my, uh, my Coxmas Carol yeah I think it was a little inspired by Patrick Stewart because I've always thought that, I've always thought that, that Scrooge yeah. was, you know, speak of the miserly thing. I also thought he was a little skin flinty, like on mm. his last legs. Yes. Right? Yes. Like a man in his eighties, barely getting out. Like, like, you know, the whole, the whole happiness at the end is always played in his pajamas, in his uh, nightgown. Yeah. Right. I, I always assumed he was like Charlie. In uh, fact, yeah, like he could, yeah. couldn't even get out of bed. This yeah. guy's so old. But like Patrick Stewart is only fifty nine when he makes this, and he is young. He is virile. Yeah. he re- sp- He has he has, a, <laughs> he has a he has a he has an oakness to mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. that you that I never see out of a out of a Scrooge. So my my sense is not so much that he's just miserly. Mm-hmm. He's actually a little intimidating to everybody in town and mm-hmm. more th- in more than just a uh, kind of a Halloween-y kind of way you He's know it's like actually, actually like, scary at yeah the like the the um the poster <clears throat> for this is him with his yeah. staff yeah. about to hit you, and you kind of believe it, yeah yeah, so I think that's an interesting kind of take with the
1: magic stars. that's one of the things i'm interested with in the guy pierce fx version is yeah. they're playing like they're like actually if you read in the book like scrooge is like in his 40s and like yep. at the time that was pretty old but like we don't in, like we don't interpret that as someone in his 40s we interpret it as a decrepit old, decrepit man. old yeah. man
2: so this would be one of the youngest scrooges yeah guy pierces i He's currently
1: 52 I, I gotta tell you a story i asked uh i asked guy pierce at tca uh, fx brought this show we hadn't seen anything of it so i was like well i'm gonna ask him who his favorite scrooge is uh-huh he didn't know uh-huh. He was like i had he's like i haven't really you know blah 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 he's like uh-huh. and it just was like he he kind of talked and then andy circus sitting next to him god bless him just started listing people who've played scrooge He's <laughs> like he's good yeah. and guy pierce was like yeah i bet he was good i haven't yeah. seen Mr. it McCool, he <laughs>
2: <laughs> i mean guy pierce took the paycheck i'm assuming or something to that effect but or steven knight maybe he was interested tom, in is know? tom
3: is tom hardy uh bob oh, did,
2: cratchit i don't think so Tom is Hardy is just in it he's in it yeah. i didn't even know he was in it he's just in it
1: yeah he's he i mean listen the trailer
2: is the trailers they drop an f-bomb at the end of the trailer Sweet. uh it, it it's monochromatic as all so get out is out yeah layla's not gonna like it yeah I'm curious. I'll check it out. It's only three episodes. Well, I mean, yeah, past, okay. future, past, future. You know, yeah. Whatever, okay. Past, yeah. Um, so here, I found this relatively interesting. Rather than deliberately trying to resemble either the 1938 MGM version or the George C. Scott made-for-TV version in the cheerfulness and Christmassy feeling of the settings, the 1990 film, 1999 film takes its inspiration from the classic 1951 version with Alistair mm-hmm. Sim. In the grimness of some of its scenes and set design, although it still includes many cheerful moments, it includes three scenes almost always omitted from other adaptations, which are The Lighthouse, mm-hmm. The Coal Miners, and Sailors on a Ship at Sea, by showing montages with different groups of people in different sections of the country singing Silent Night. The scene of the young couple who are relieved at Scrooge's death is also taken from the original story. Yeah,
1: there's, there's, stuff, there's a lot of stuff here that doesn't usually make it to adaptations. There is stuff missing that, like... I would love to have seen, but um, my favorite version of this story is the 1972 animated version. It's a half hour long and it crams in a lot of this stuff. Half an hour, half an hour. It's animated. (laughs) It's animated by the great Richard Williams, Alistair Sim voiced Scrooge. Okay. And it is like, it is a scary, spooky version of this story. And um, I really do love it. I think my favorite Christmas carols always have an element of, the scary to them. I mm-hmm. think you need to remember this is a ghost story. Yeah, um, I, I'm skeptical that this should be sexy, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> i going to watch it.
2: Kenny's got a take. You, yeah. gotta, you <laughs>
1: know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know. I just all, imagine. All the
3: great Christmas movies are made by Jews anyway. So yeah.
1: I'm just imagining like a Robert. Just imagining like a Robert Evans type. You know, Scrooge, he's a great guy, but this time he's got a big fucking dick. <laughs> 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 he's a great
2: guy. Would watch. Uh, I, um, yeah. <laughs>
3: This time he's got a big
2: fucking dick. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I thought this was 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 well done. It, it's just you know, it screams TV movie. Mm-hmm. I, there wasn't anything about it that was.
3: That's what I'm saying. There's just not that much to unpack here. I guess not.
2: I, I mean, here. Well, hold on. I figured out Mickey. So okay, but so you've seen the Jim Carrey version,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which is trying to sort of have his cake needed eat too. Which is trying to be animated, but it's mocap. It's trying to sort of live in in this sort of surreal i don't even know how to explain Zemegas' mocap stuff it's all very sort of odd he's going for some sort of realism he wants people to believe that this is real but also it's not so i don't really know what to make of it but i guess my question horrifying. is <laughs> it's well, what horrifying it's what do you think of jim shit. carrey's grinch jim carrey's great so mocap i know i'm asking you what, oh, what i think general. of that movie i think it's a bad movie both are bad both bad. well the original grinch is great no, no no i'm talking so both jim carrey i've never seen the christmas, christmas carol okay but i think, the, I think yeah, i'm not saying it's good
3: i think yeah. jim carrey's grinch is quite bad i think the original grinch is quite good
2: the uh, yeah original grinch is great i didn't put it on my list, list but i think you, it's quite good it's not on my list I,
1: I, I think it's a tv special i wouldn't put it on my christmas movies unless what you take me for oh my god i put, <laughs> I, I did put it up to you i put it you put charlie brown yeah i put charlie brown oh look at you look at you just I got swayed but by Christmas. i big peanuts yeah. guy. I fucking love Charlie Brown Christmas, and it would be at the top of my list of TV specials. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you should have asked. Make I'm that really list. sorry. That Actually, was my. That was you awful. would have had one. I'm sure. Uh, yes. <laughs> one of the great list makers. I mean, no one makes a list. We but could you.
1: pause. I rank the Scrooges. <laughs> you, rank, you rank the Scrooges
2: <laughs> to deal with your. With your fears for the drunk. <laughs> I don't even know what to make of that. I don't but even know if that's fantastic. true.
1: I just am like, I do know I wrote that in like like twenty twenty sixteen. <laughs> as we like, I genuinely like that. December was like, oh, this is the last Christmas I'll ever celebrate. I might as well rank the Scrooges. <laughs> like that's where I went.
2: Listen, you do you. you yeah, know, I get it.
1: Uh, I do, I do think um, there is a momentum to Christmas Carol that is. Unavoidable, even in the worst versions. I think this is a solid, pretty good version. Like we're saying, I do think that this story wants to be about seventy-five minutes long, mm-hmm.
4: and this is yeah. ninety-three
1: to fit a TV time it's slot. Too long, yeah. There's a little padding here and there. Like I, I was like, okay, Scrooge goes to church and sings a little bit of a Christmas yeah. Carol. I'm like, is this like a Hallmark Christian propaganda? And I went and looked up the story, and like, no, there is a sentence where it says he went to church. Literally, all that says is hmm. he went to church. So they are. Adapting a part of the story that's rarely adapted, it's just like you don't
2: really need mm-hmm. to. See so, you've it. read Dickens' story
1: several times, but like I, I went and double checked because I thought I remembered that being in there and I didn't want to hold it against the movie. as like, oh, Hallmark put this in there, like because yeah, it's in the book, like it is in the book that he goes to church and whatever, but you don't need to do like a 30 second scene, but mm-hmm. that's just there to pad out the running time.
2: Is it one of your favorite Dickens? pieces
1: i haven't read as much dickens as i should have i i prefer his his longer works there are actually some other christmas stories by him i really like as well but i think it's, it's a you know it's a timeless classic for a reason i do ask myself what it was like to read that story for the first time like sure what mm-hmm. was it like to read that story when it came out in 1840 whatever whatever it was and like have it come out in segments and buy the different serialized chapters and be like Oh my God. Like, did did, That'd people, be cool. did people know it was like a new classic or, you know?
2: Well, I've, I've often wondered that about like most classic literature. Like I th- felt the same way about Shakespeare. I mean, I know people mm-hmm. have talked about how Shakespeare was sort of a populist mm-hmm. playwright at the time. So obviously people were enjoying it, but I don't think that anybody thought he was any great shakes at mm-hmm. the time. No pun mm-hmm. intended. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that true? I don't know about that. I mean, there were people that liked him, but I don't think he was, he certainly wasn't. Thinking. Lauded in the way that he is today.
1: If uh, if Shakespeare is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then yeah. Christopher Marlowe was Martin Scorsese. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> uh, are you going to blow up Twitter with no. that? And I
3: think, uh, and <laughs> boom, that's <this laughs> when they come in the town <laughs> <laughs> And I think Dickens was kind of in his moment considered to be, oh yeah, yeah. So, you know, great shakes yeah. as he would say too. Um, but I, think, I don't think this was considered one of his greatest works at the time. Well, this is how
2: long is, is a, a, a Christmas Carol?
1: Uh it's roughly fifty pages.
3: Like, oh, see it's that. Pretty so, short. like,
2: you know, his books. Mm-hmm. I imagine they were serialized over over years. I don't know about years, but
3: yeah, they over were a long. Yes, period they of time. were serialized over a long time. I don't have a favorite Dickens, but I read a lot of Dickens. Dickens. I have get, not read much. Dickens, you get as an English major, you get force-fed a lot of Dickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I
1: do I, love Great Expectations.
3: Great Expectations, I think, is the best. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Okay. And I think it's. I think it's like to me like obviously the best. Right. Really? I think it's so like so David Copperfield I think David Copperfield
2: and- sucks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I hate David Copperfield. <laughs> magician and book. Love the magician. I mean I hate the rapes, but like totally into the magic.
2: Um but I think David Copperfield That's one of the best things you've ever said hate, on this podcast. Hate the, rape. hate the Rapes love the magic. Uh- <laughs>
3: <laughs> um i don't like david copfield uh i've read david copfield nicholas nickleby um sure. great expectations tale of two cities uh tale of two cities bleak house uh, uh no and this and that's all i can think of off the top of my head what
2: about oliver yeah. twist Red oh, Oliver. definitely read Oliver Twist. Yeah. So those, are, um, those are the biggies.
1: But I think David Copperfield is uh, exhaustive. I, I was fascinated to learn that David Copperfield, before about 1950, was generally considered to be the best novel ever written yeah, in the English language. I, and just like, what the fuck? Yeah.
3: And when you, when someone says to Dickensian, I don't generally think that's a compliment. And I think they're generally talking about David Copperfield. In that it's a long, rambling story that seeks to tell every aspect of a person's life almost without... Any kind of rhyme or reason. That's actually not what they mean
2: when they say Dickensian. They generally mean The Wire. But like, well, I mean, I've always taken, and when I I use it, which is very infrequently, it's usually in the sense of historical, in some form or other, lots of characters, sprawling, world building, that kind of stuff. Yeah,
3: but also Dickensian in the term, I do think people use it to also say, we're going to tell birth to death and every major Aspect of a person's life, whether it matters or not.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, people often say that the Decemberists are Dickensian because they're so hyper literate and they're telling sort of tales from eighteen hundreds and that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So a little on the nose. All
1: right, the Simpsons are Dickensian, genuinely. Like like, (laughs) genuinely, I believe telling uh, you know birth to death, like Mm -hmm. everything about this town and these people's lives, except they never age. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, I want to ask something about Christmas Carol, which is uh, apparently this whole podcast was inspired by a tweet I did, which I'm looking it's up true. right now. It's true. Am, this episode.
3: This Not episode.
1: This uh, I am the creator of Podcasts Like I Said. <laughs> uh, every, every cent this, this thing makes, <laughs> I get like 15%. A we, yeah. we need it's a good to thing make, that need it need to doesn't make it clear clear
2: any-
3: <laughs> that David Sims and Griffin Newman were the actual creators yeah, of the Yeah, they're the, the podcast. creators of the
1: yes. Developed by Emily Vanderwerth. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ben Hosley was the, yeah. actually the creator of the podcast.
1: I am powerless against literally any property that does a Christmas Carol variation casting their series regulars in the roles of the Christmas Carol characters. Give me a Pokemon Christmas Carol with Pikachu as Cratchit. That was my tweet. Why That's would Pikachu be Cratchit? Who else would he be? I guess he could be Ghost <laughs> of Christmas Past. Cool. Who would be Scrooge in that? Um, no, it would they'd like have they have a famous actor come in. Like it would be like, I don't know burt reynolds is dead but he feels like he'd be a good scrooge in a pokemon christmas game. <laughs> like, okay like yeah or like steve martin there you go but you're right about pokemon
3: being about pikachu being cratchit that's yeah. a very good call can i ask but, a question
2: yeah and this this might be tough to do off the dome but what are your favorite christmas episodes of television shows off the dome's the only way to do it
1: mm-hmm. um i actually i actually was because there's um, it
2: seems like every show's had at least sure. one, right?
1: I did kind of like, I, one of the things I was thinking about when I wrote that tweet was X files did an episode called Christmas Carol, which is not a Christmas Carol adaptation. It started life as one. And then they were like, this is too hard. We can't do it. Right. And they t- turned it into a thing about Scully discovering she had a baby and just like, it wasn't very good.
2: The baby's name Carol.
1: No, the baby's <laughs> name was Emily. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the baby, yeah, it showed up. A cr- I'm sure that's just a coincidence. The right? baby showed, you know, yeah, hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, I know the
3: right answer, mm. and, and uh, I assume you'll agree. I think I have one too. It it's might be the
2: same one. Abed's yeah, it's Abed's, Abed's Abed's story Christmas. from I mean, Community.
1: Abed's uncontrollable Christmas. That's yeah, right. That is a, a
2: tremendous Christmas. Christmas
1: episode. My boss, my beloved editor and boss and best friend, prefers the musical Christmas episode of Community, and she's wrong about that. But you know, that's a thing. <laughs> I don't hate say. that one though. It's pretty good.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Good. it's fun, but it's it's not it's not. Exactly. Abed's uncontrollable, uncontrollable Christmas, Christmas is is just. I mean, on top of the fact yeah, that it must have been impossible to make, like just in terms of on there the whole stop motion and everything, it's just beautifully made. Yeah, it's it's a tremendous episode of TV. Uh, yeah, it's it's I don't know. Christmas episodes, generally speaking, are not like they're themed ish, mm-hmm. but they don't actually feel like Christmas feeds into the story. If that makes any sense, it feels sort of shoehorned in. Sometimes it, they do. Okay. Can the Mary Tyler
1: Moore episode where she has to work on Christmas is good. I like that one a lot. Um, the 30-something episode, The Mike Van Dyke Show, which mm-hmm. is christmas E, but also like about one of the characters Jewishness is yeah. really good. Really Man. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that was Sorry. amazing. Sorry. That um, was really funny. The, my so-called life episode where she sees the angel is terrible, but I loved it when I was 14, mm-hmm. 15, so it, it counts. Um, I've decreed that
2: it counts. Um, There's the Friends episode mm-hmm. with the armadillo. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, the holiday armadillo.
2: Simpsons has That's had some good Christmas that. episodes.
3: Well, the first episode of The Simpsons was a Christmas episode. And
2: the one where
1: Bart uh, steals the game and his mom is disappointed in him. Is one of my, like, one of the more heartfelt episodes of that it show. I, really it. I can't remember. Is it Bone oh, Storm? It's by a me-
3: very early episode, too. Yeah, it's, it's in the, the
1: first, no, it's in the first like, five, six, seven I remember that. Yeah. yeah. it's I, And I always loved that one. Um,
2: uh, So I'm looking at, at Entertainment Weekly's list, for mm-hmm. what it's worth, just to try to refresh your memory and some some episodes that, that I haven't seen or have seen. And uh, I have not seen the doctor who a Christmas carol. That's pretty good. I'm sure that that mm-hmm. sounds their
1: Christmas episodes are a lot of fun.
2: Um, there's, uh, how the ghost stole Christmas. The X that's really episode. good. Yeah. I like that one. Um, and then there's the constant
1: that, you know, that oh, is that's... so that's stretching the definition <laughs> to its breaking point. But you know what?
2: I'm going to let it, because <laughs> it's it. an amazing mm-hmm. episode of television. Mm-hmm. I mean, they connect at Christmas. Mm-hmm. So sure. <laughs> It feels like that's the only Christmas part of it, right? You guys
1: watching Watchmen?
2: Yes. No, not yet. Please uh, don't say much.
1: Is there a Christmas? They're doing, they're doing a constant episode. I actually don't remember if it's a Christmas episode. I want to say it is, but I think I'm blending. How much have you watched? I've seen through everything but the finale. And how many are there? Ten? Nine. There's been Nine. Six, six aired, of aired so Six I've, watched, of aired. I've seen seven and eight. I might watch a couple tonight.
2: Six was unbelievable.
1: Yeah best I, i'm genuinely toying with making it the best show of the year like i'd I love it
2: it's much. a
3: tremendous episode would it would be sure. giving away well this will probably come out after you, yeah it's gonna come out, uh, this yeah. come out this, no this come out after your your list would come out so is there anything else that you i assume oh, episodes like of before before tv my yeah, well before before
1: i'm not Christmas, doing episodes sorry. i am doing shows my top five okay. is going to be some variation of fleabag succession uh watchman russian doll and probably lodge 49 those are kind of my five Ooh. Lodge 49 49's a yeah, it's canceled now. So like that, and I'm always like, when a show gets canceled, I'm like, you're off the list.
2: <laughs> Sorry, kid. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Christmas episodes are 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 tricky. I don't know. I find that I get a little bit. I don't want to say I get my backup about them, but when they're when they're cheesy, just I don't know. I'm not I, w-
1: I want every show to do an episode where the characters meet an old bearded man, and they're like, "Was that?" And then it was. <laughs> Like <laughs> I wish that happened
2: on the surprise. Do you remember the episode of ER when Benton touches oh, yeah. the blind guy mm-hmm. at Christmas mm-hmm. and he can see... Oh. They don't know why. He mm-hmm. can see for for the episode, and then he loses his sight. You again. know what
1: is a good Christmas episode is the West Wing episode in a Chelsea's out. and I'm not a big yes. fan of that show, but that first season Christmas episode is a very good one. motherfucker of a Christmas That's episode.
2: That won the Emmy.
1: The uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, and
2: Noel's a fucking good episode too.
1: And I mean, Sorkin's good at Christmas episodes. He is good at Christmas mm-hmm. episodes. Um, again, Jewish people make Jewish great people. <laughs> Christmas art. Yeah, Jewish people love Christmas.
2: Yeah, because
3: mm-hmm. of course it's the best. It's a, it's the best. It's the great. Did I'm you let you guys Christmas? weigh in on this? Did you Certainly.
2: celebrate Christmas as a child? Uh, no. We didn't. Well, hold on. Uh, sort of. Uh, my father's mother, she, I mean, obviously was Jewish, but kind of just wanted to celebrate Christmas. So on that side, there was like kind of a Christmassy vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, on my mother's side, it was Hanukkah. It was We had a Hanukkah bush, uh, and it was Hanukkah all the way. We did Presents on Christmas
3: Day. We just stole the holiday. We just <laughs> took it for ourselves. Yeah, and now listen. my wife is one half Catholic. My mm-hmm. children are one quarter Catholic. Sure. And we are 100% Catholic when it comes to Christmas holidays. Okay. So, yes,
2: we've, we've taken it. Hmm. I mean, Christmas is. Uh, doesn't feel religious to me. It's I not. mean, as it's just secular. not. To, it really doesn't,
1: right? I I'm mean, writing an article about this right now, but there is a book I've read that's, that I'm reading that's making the very convincing case that Christmas has always been a secular holiday that we tack a religious meaning onto to right. like give us a, an excuse to celebrate it. But it's just like it's always been about our relationship to uh, consumption. Like yeah, literally, it's that's it's just things. yeah. It's just celebrating. Like here is the time of year when we have the least and we're like, now we're going to have the most for one day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tied to like, you know, uh, the onset of winter and everybody being like, mm-hmm. well, we're probably all going to die. So we might as well, you know, mm-hmm. have this feast. And let's talk about that in terms of Mickey's once upon. A- sure. Yeah. 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 That's a movie about death.
2: <laughs> I'm going to give a synopsis of uh what well, Disney, I mean that, yeah. Uh A Christmas themed three part anthology style video. The first part, Donald duck stuck on Christmas is essentially a retelling of, Groundhog Day, with Huey, Dewey, and Louie relieving Christmas ad infinim. Next is a very goofy Christmas, in which Goofy tries to overcome his son's skepticism about Santa Claus, and finally, Mickey and Minnie's Gift of the Magi recreates a classic tale of ironic Christmas selfishness. self Selflessness. Uh, the stories are linked together by narration by Kelsey Grammer. The film was originally released on VHS and DVD on November 9th, 1999. It was later re-released on VHS and DVD as part of the Walt Disney Gold Classic Collection on November True. 7th, 2000. And the film was released as a two-movie collection Blu-ray and DVD with Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas on November 4th, 2014. Which
0: has
1: five
2: movies in it. I looked it up. Five. five that's really not twice though that's just shy of twice because it would be six mm-hmm. movies but anyway uh mickey's once upon a christmas has 40 percent of rotten tomatoes from critics and 66 from audiences surprised that many i'm surprised
1: enough critics reviewed it to <laughs> this get was review. back in the day of like yeah. having full-time dvd critics so oh, yeah. Sure. yeah they would have had that you know those well, people are that now... seems
3: appropriate because that's not it's not great mm. <laughs> it's, it's not I great think it's pretty bad
1: I actually want to – there was a thing I was, I was yep. leading into with that, that Christmas Carol tweet I read you, but it works really well because we're talking about Disney, which did a pretty storied version of Christmas Carol, which is what are your favorite versions where it is literally like we're going to cast these characters that people know and love and cast them across these other characters that people know and love? I think Mickey's Christmas Carol is great. I like Muppet Christmas Carol for mm-hmm. that. And then, <laughs> like the Pokemon, uh, who are – like what are franchises that should be able to pull this off now and they're oh. just not trying hard enough? <clears throat> Like I think Marvel could do. 100%. Marvel could do a one-off Christmas Carol for Disney Plus sure. special. Why oh, not? For sure. Yeah. Well,
2: especially with like you know the players they've got right now. They're doing these TV shows. Like I'm sure they could pull them together to do something. Right? I don't know who their Scrooge is. Is the only problem. But I mean, it, I guess it would have been Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> so spoilers.
1: Thanos, Thanos, Thanos would be great. That
2: would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch the hell out of that. How nice would that be? That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Thanos, it's I mean, lovely. truly, truly, any of the villains. I mean, really, you could kind of do was Ronan? Was that the guy that was uh, Ronan Lee Pace? You, sir, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could have seen <laughs> him doing it. Yeah, you know, or uh, or Chris Eccleston uh-huh. from Dark World. Uh-huh. Oh man, <laughs> you know, like you got Keith. a lot of solid <laughs> Scrooge people.
3: Ah, solid, you know. <laughs>
1: Loki. Loki.
3: Loki. Loki would be great. So good. Loki he I feel like someone Scrooged him and we didn't even know it. Yeah. You know, cuz something yeah. happened to him. And
2: all of a sudden he's like a nice <laughs> Well, they guy. did the reset yeah.
1: where now he's a bad guy cuz he's from an alternate timeline. Yeah, so
2: yeah. Marvel so Pick a lane with Marvel
1: Loki. Kevin Feige, I know you listen to this podcast.
2: <laughs> he Do does it. actually. Do it,
1: Kevin. Yes. Yeah. Do it.
2: Um on the flip side, the DC Scrooge, would that be Joker? <laughs> mm-hmm. That wouldn't work that way. Well. I think it would be Penguin. I think Penguin. I actually would watch a Penguin. I think a penguin penguin, penguin and Scourge would be great. With a
3: few, with, with a look back at his. <laughs> I, oh, I couldn't tell if this oh, was you yeah. doing, penguin, doing Penguin, penguin hands.
1: Alex uh, Luthor would be good too.
3: Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. The DC villains are a little more malleable when it comes to this stuff. 100%. Mm-hmm. They can so be just, a little
2: goofier. Yeah, a little goofier. Yeah, a little goofier. Yeah, they're also a little more grounded. Like they're not actual aliens. Yeah, yeah. Penguin, super grounded.
0: Uh, uh, he, penguin. man. It's a,
2: he's, a, he's a fucking person. <laughs> there are aliens in the. DC universe but not to the same extent not on a villain side you don't have a lot of like that's why they had to pull Steppenwolf out of their butt for uh for justice now man bradyac's a villain a an alien villain one of the big ones that's because Superman's an alien.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm but, saying. Their yeah. biggest guy's an alien. Right. I definitely think Nintendo could do a great Christmas Carol. Sure. If, you know, if we're looking beyond Pokemon, like 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 Bowser is Scrooge and Mario is Cratchit. Yeah, Nintendo's yeah. an
3: excellent. So here's the Nintendo Christmas, Christmas Carol sounds here's fantastic.
1: Uh, when are they going to start making the Nintendo movies? I mean, Detective Pikachu like was not the hit everybody thought it was. Like that's the thing; they try every so often, and then they just don't take off. Like they don't take off beyond that core audience. I thought Pikachu
2: was going to be a
3: hit too, and I think it was fine. I want the core group. I want they they want. I mean, Pikachu. I understand like is in Pokemon they're their own thing, and they kind of rub up against the Nintendo universe proper. Mm, Sure, but I would like the Mario Luigi. Wario, La La, Waluigi, Peach, Princess, Bowser, Koopa. You really want that? Do- Desperately, because I want to write the Little Mac movie. What's who's Little Mac? Oh yeah. He's the
1: out guy. Oh my god, good movie. Good movie. <laughs> oh, I've already, I've already broken it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. I, would, I, I, I can, I can see it. I don't know room. what's happening. He's got a huge dick. Like
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> so Little Mac, <laughs> but a huge dick. Oh my uh, god,
2: Little Mac meet Big Mac, right? I uh, <laughs> I do agree, though. Video game movies, TV show—they just don't—they don't connect.
3: That's that's just because i have always given them to people who aren't good at it. There's no reason why a mm.
2: Mario movie shouldn't be good. It could be great. It uh, could it I, could be great. It's—I mean—I keep thinking the the sort of the connect. It's the like Lord and Miller, right? Like if Lord and Miller decided that they were going to do the Nintendo thing, it would work. But unfortunately, like Detective Pikachu was just. They whiffed. They whiffed. And by the way, that thing was teed up. Like the internet was ready for that thing to crush. And then everyone went to see it and they're like, oh, unfortunately it's not that great.
1: I really liked it. I really liked it. I would not, it's not like one of the best movies of the year or anything. I thought it was a lot of fun. Like I thought it was a really interesting examination of the limitations of the human body, you know, it's trans cinema.
2: I'll give you that. I don't disagree with that, but I don't necessarily know that the movie was successful in terms of I just I wasn't invested.
1: That came out. That movie came out before I came out, and my review of it on Box.com is just like me trying to say I'm trying <laughs> to, <laughs> <laughs> no, like not actually saying it. Like right, please right. go look it up, everybody. You're right, love it. You're gonna have a great time. <laughs> no, um, like the be- the I think the thing is that the best video game movies are never about video games, but also like you look at Live Die Repeat slash Edge of Tomorrow, sure, which hmm. is a great video game movie, not based on a video game. It wasn't a very big hit. It's a like, great movie. The problem with the genre or subgenre or whatever you want to call it is the people who play video games who love the mechanics of that who know what that looks like kind of don't go see movies and then like the mm-hmm. movies that try to take those mechanics it just is not cinematic in the same way so it really requires like somebody who's gonna sit down and be like find a way to blend those two things together nobody's quite done it I do think a Roger rabbit-esque movie, with Nintendo characters is maybe the way to go.
2: Well, what is the best video game movie? All right.
3: A bunch of different th- things going on here. <laughs> hold, the- hold, Let's table that. All right. Scott Pilgrim. Go. What do you mean? Well, Scott Pilgrim's obviously a video game movie, but it's mm-hmm. not based on property, but they use all the mechanics like Edge of Tomorrow sure. to tell a
1: story, including like one-ups. and I'm not a big Scott Pilgrim fan. Boo. This is, where, this is where I reveal. I'm not Whoa. a big Edgar Wright fan in general. I like his stuff. Edgar Wright is a certain brand of straight white guy director. I've never connected to where a lot of their references seem to be They're They're funneling the movies they love into the movies they make. And I just don't have that same frame of reference because of how I grew up and also how I was technically a woman the whole time. So like I don't have that same frame of reference. I think I I respect all his movies. I don't love them. Are are there other
3: people that fall into that category?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Though I like some of his movies more, Tarantino for me often mm-hmm. often hits that space. Like I, I do love a lot of his movies, but then I'll see something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I think is, I respect it and I think it's fine, but I'm just like, I, I'm not on its wavelength in the way that I think I need to be to enjoy it. I that.
2: will say this just to, d- just to just slightly defend Scott Pilgrim in terms of the filmography of Edgar Wright. I think that the um, the Cornetto trilogy is very much what you're talking about, mm-hmm. which is really just them playing in a sandbox of genre that they want to play in. And it's not to say that Scott Pilgrim isn't doing that. I mean, video games is clearly what it's sort of doing, but it didn't feel as sort of Circle inside jokey. Yeah. I
3: think Scott Pilgrim is a significantly better yeah. movie
2: than the Cornetto movies, which yeah. never really spoke to me either. But yeah. I, I mean, I like, I like Shaun of the Dead. Fine. I mean, it's interesting you bring the, that we're talking about this just because I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day about uh, baby driver, which mm-hmm. um, I didn't really like in the theater. And I was talking about this at lunch with him. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch it again. It's on Showtime. I'm going to give it another shot. And as I was watching and I realized what the problem with that movie is. For me, it's that he's trying to be cool. And Edgar Wright isn't cool. I love Edgar Wright. But what's great about him is that his stuff is is nerdy and, and kind of dorky and wears its heart on its sleeve. Whereas Baby Driver is trying to be a Tarantino film. He's trying to do this, like, cool, edgy crime movie. And it's just not. It just that why it didn't work for me. Personally.
1: You know who else I feel this way about? I think he's a really similar filmmaker as Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I like like I I like Ryan Johnson more than Edgar Wright. I like all his movies. I think Last Jedi is close to a masterpiece, but like yes, uh, I saw his Knives Out. I really love Knives Out. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a, a really great movie. And just like it, kind of evaporated for me. These mm-hmm. movies evaporate for me because I don't think about the world in the way that these guys do, which is filtered through movie references. Cause like that's just like mm. how I grew up. You know, if you want to get to me, you got to like make references to obscure Christmas properties and like the book of <laughs> the book of Habakkuk the or way.
2: something like, yeah. I'll, I'll say this um, for knives out, which I also really, really loved. Um, the reason that movie works is Anna because mm-hmm. She's like an actual fully fleshed out three dimensional character. That's tremendously you know performed by her. And that stuck like that. That's why that movie stuck with me. Also, oh, yeah, the fact that it's an yeah. indictment of Trump and the everything second. That he the second for, I but, think
1: about that movie, I think yeah, about her. Yeah. But you know, also, you know, the, the,
3: the, I feel like Emily's. Yeah, I'm going to say something that you might take the wrong way. Kind of describing you in a, in, in, in a lot of that ways. I might take the wrong way. Well, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, just talking about Tarantino, Edgar Wright, and Ryan Johnson—like three favorite filmmakers.
2: And, I don't know if the Tarantino would be in there, but really? I really, mean, yeah. come on,
3: and. And three filmmakers, I think, we're all, we, yeah, we no, all, no, sure. at this uh-huh. table acknowledge Shh. very good at what they do, sure, but sure, also sure. like pop culture is very important to what you do and the way you formulate your ideas, right? Sure. It's it's kind of fundamental to your your creativity. So I don't mean to like pitch you two against each other, but I do think that that's an interesting kind of observation that I, I hadn't necessarily uh, thought.
1: Steve Steve Hyden, my former colleague at the AV Club, had a really smart – take on this where he was talking about the, uh, James Murphy, the guy behind LCD sound system. And he was like, he is a music critic who makes music. Like Tarantino is a movie critic who makes movies. Mm -hmm. And I think that what unites Tarantino, Edgar Wright, Ryan Johnson, some others is they are primarily what they're using to say what their movies is about the movies. And like, you have to get through that second filter to get to what they're saying about life. And like, I tend to prefer people who are a little bit more direct, that said, I think Knives Out is the uh, U.S. office version of Parasite, and I love that about it. Like that yeah. movie is like this is an American film. version of a dark story that tries to make it a little bit happy, but also acknowledges the dark. It's funny you say that
2: because when I saw Knives Out at the WJ Theater, they did a double bill right afterwards. They played Parasite, um, which I don't think was a coincidence. I, I think that that's an interesting. What a,
3: thing. But what, a what an interesting um, what an interesting thought about the idea that these guys are primarily critics who are making films. Mm-hmm. Like I've recently kind of come around to this idea that um the lowest form of movie making is making movies for the movie making community. Mm-hmm. Um what's the point? I like truly don't understand like why you would make movies for a narrow audience of people who already for, an award. for well I think like the big awards are a little more populous than than, than what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but movies for very a very narrow swath of people who are already socially engaged. Yeah, they're in, um, you're preaching to the converted. If it's you give, very, me exa- yeah. give
1: me an example of a movie that you're thinking about. Like it doesn't have to be a current one.
3: Um, an example of a movie that I'm thinking about. Well, it's not. I, I feel like any movie I'd say would be unfair, mm. but I will do that. Uh, <laughs> anything, anything the Duplass brothers have made. Oh, sure. So anything that just kind of interesting. Anything that kind of lives to be to be viewed by a small group of tastemakers
2: at festivals. So like mumblecore in general?
1: Yeah, to some extent. And I a, feel, I, a, a movie where even if the characters don't have kids, you could imagine them worrying about which preschool those kids would get into. Sure. Like that is <laughs> that is what we're talking. Which about. is a, which is a really good which is
3: a really th- thing that happens on TV. Mhm. A lot because it's what writers in LA are going through a lot Mm -hmm. right things like that or things about like uh domestic help or things along those lines that people in America generally don't think about and don't have any resonance to people in America getting into preschool for instance um that is the (laughs) lowest form of art Mm -hmm. and I understand that like we and by we I mean like people in Hollywood have our own particular lives and set of problems but what's the point of just writing it for other people who are hanging out at the
2: soho house well i'm going i'm i'm going to play devil's advocate for sure. for a second here because a movie that comes to mind that I think might perhaps fall into that category for you, which i don 't know if you 've seen marriage story yet i haven't seen it no um but to me, or or even something like uh, 20th Century Women, which I just rewatched the other day, which Hell, I yeah. adore. Hell yeah! As does 20th as Century as does Women.
3: I don't think Mike Mills makes movies for a small group of people. I think Mike Mills makes movies. I think the goal of a Mike Mike Mills movie okay. is to be seen by as many people as possible.
1: It just never happens.
3: It just never happens, but it could, right? Right. Like Beginners was. Definitely not made for a small group of people. Beginners is made to change minds.
1: Beginners and 20th century women are both like, this is my relationship with my father. This is my relationship yeah. with my mother. And yeah. like they're certainly filtered through a an upper middle class white point of view, but that is one of the most elemental relationships any human can have.
3: There's nothing right, and I think we all kind of feel this. There's nothing wrong with, with having a particular point of view. Mm-hmm. We have the point of view mm-hmm. that we're born with. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um making movies just for a very small segment of people, especially
2: people who look just like you. Very poor. I just want to, I want to go on record and say I agree with you mm-hmm. in the sense that, and this is a, a you know, a, sorry, a, I cut you off. No, fence, no, 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 no. But I, I think that, uh, I've had this discussion with, with some friends back home over the years, uh, people that I've been in film school with and otherwise, which is sort of the idea of, uh, quote unquote selling out versus artistic integrity and, and what that means for an individual, right? And for some people, artistic integrity means making movies that, to your point, are are relatively narrow, perhaps, but that's to them that's their way of speaking their voice or feeling like that that gives them "quote unquote" credibility. Um, I've I've always tried, at least in the stuff that I've done, to do both. I mean, to to try to appeal to as many people as I can, but at the same time, not try to make pablum. I mean, yeah, I, I think I that that's I, that. I think that that's what mm-hmm. we should all strive for on some level or another. And 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 success should not be something that people are ashamed about, um, or ashamed about. That being said, you know, having seen Marriage Story and really loving it and feeling like it is, you know, a bunch of high class, you know, white people problems right. uh, on some level, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, but we're not talking about class, really. We're or talking even about, race, for that matter. Yeah, We're I guess. talking yeah.
1: about an attempt, not an attempt to broaden beyond your own point of view, because like a movie like Marriage Story can invite other points of view in. Like, right. obviously, it's easier for me because I'm closer to the point of view that movies made from. But I think Noah Baumbach has made movies like you're talking about, and has 100%. made movies that are very hard to penetrate if you're not like in his specific mindset.
2: But like, I think he's also made movies that where he tries to appeal to a larger audience
1: too. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and, it, and failed. Movies. And I, I, I assume. All right, so I think like to me, when you say the movies uh, are, that are like that, I think like Greenberg, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's yeah. for anybody else except I agree for with people that. like him. Uh, movies that appeal to a bigger audience, *Squid in the Whale*. Like his divorce stuff seems very much like this is a this is something that I've I've experienced that has mm-hmm. nothing to do, mm-hmm. at its most elemental, uh, level, with who I am,
1: where I came from. This has to do with the relationship I've had with somebody. Mm-hmm. I think that a person that gets written off a lot in terms of like the Edgar Wright slash not letting people in that we talked about is Wes Anderson, and I love Wes Anderson. I think he's one of my favorite filmmakers. My wife feels very differently. She's like kind of turned on him. But like what I think Wes Anderson does is he makes movies that are elementally and essentially about loneliness. They're not really filtered through He has an aesthetic, but the aesthetic is one that's rooted in loneliness in a way where I feel like some of these other folks don't manage where the aesthetic is disconnected from whatever thematic thing they're trying to do. The aesthetic is about trying to appear a certain kind of Tony or a certain kind of like, we are very, uh, you know, we are very movie happy here. Like mm. the aesthetic can be, you know, I think of the aesthetic as being like something that people on ain't it cool news would say was awesome in 2002. And like, mm-hmm. that is a kind yeah. of movie going aesthetic. I'm very tired of, whereas like Wes Anderson is, he's doing his own thing and he's talking about his own stuff. And maybe I'm a little tired of some of what he's talking about, but he certainly is like, in his lane and in his
2: zone. So mm-hmm. I, I would say that, you know, he's, he's a filmmaker. I agree. That is, I don't want to say he's alienating necessarily, but he's, I'm not sure that he's entirely trying to be welcoming. Yeah. And reality. it's
1: tricky to like, talk about this stuff because so much of it boils down to personal preference, but like, yeah. yeah. Like I think even if you dislike Wes Anderson, you dislike him because of what he's trying to do. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that, Yeah.
2: The the term that he often gets labeled with is twee. I think there's a lot of people that don't, you know, and and, and to be honest, Mike Mills and 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 his wife Miranda July also kind of get tagged with that a little Mike bit Mills too. Mike Mills is
1: married to Miranda July. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. um, so- <laughs> don't like <laughs> twentieth see- century so- women anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no. But my my point is that like I, I was I've. He really got me back with Grand Budapest Hotel. Is I guess my point. I, mm-hmm. That was a film that I was like, oh, he still has something to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful for whatever the the what is it, the French yeah. Dispatch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in. I'm curious.
1: It's good. You know, Wes Anderson is one of the filmmakers I most want to see continue making movies in the face of climate change <laughs> because he's obsessed with mid 20th century aesthetics. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that. Yeah. Represent a world that was destroying our world, and I'm obsessed with the idea of him, like continuing to make these little like twee John Updike novels in like the midst of global calamity. Yeah. Like I think that's going to be interesting. It might be awful, but it'll definitely be interesting. Unlike Mickey's Once Upon a well, Christmas, I was actually going. I was
2: yeah. going to pivot back to Disney with what you were saying there a little bit. I, I'm, I'm, because there's a part of me that's that sort of
1: Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping at 365 day
2: returns. Disney owning Fox searchlight is, is an interesting moment because it does feel as though there's a lot of auteurs that have worked with Fox searchlight, certainly over the last 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do wonder how Disney is going to sort of grapple with that.
1: I mean, they originally like they were Wes Anderson's first distributor. They were Touchstone distributed yeah. everything through Life Aquatic.
2: Yes. Yeah. And then and then Darjeeling was was Fox Searchlight, and he's sort of worked with them mm-hmm. on and off since then. But yeah, I I, I think it's interesting. I, I you know, there's something in this Once Upon a
3: Christmas that there I is. think
2: speaks to this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm very curious.
3: Okay. <laughs> I figured out two things. One might be obvious. Okay. The other, I think, is pretty clever. <laughs> um, if you don't say so yourself. The obvious one is, I think, but I never realized it. I've always tried to figure out these Mickey Mouse characters. Mickey and Minnie? Yeah, as you know from our Fantation. well, all these Mickey people, all these Disney characters. Yeah.
2: You know, no, you our, don't like Mickey. Uh You're a well, Donald Stan.
3: Put a pin in that. Yes, I, <laughs> I I rank them thusly: Donald number one with a bullet. Oh yeah, he's the only good one. <laughs> Pantsless. Uh, and I'm talking about <laughs> the real ones. Donald number one, and then I would go Minnie number two, and Pluto number three, Daisy, and then like a million billion people, and then Mickey, and then another million billion, and then Goofy. <laughs>
2: So you are Uh, not a Goofy fan. Goofy's garbage, but (laughs) love his ride though. (laughs) What you love his ride? I love his ride. (laughs) His ride on. uh, Oh uh, no, no, we don't need to talk about his ride. (laughs) But I've
3: always tried to kind of figure out what Mickey is. I couldn't really figure it out, right? Because like,
1: (laughs) it's in his name. He's a mouse. But
3: but here's the thing: all other cartoon (laughs) characters, as far as I could, as far as I understand, I'm I'm supposed to believe that Barbie, for instance, is a. Paleontologist and a fashion model and a, airline she's been pilot a paleontologist. And
1: she's been all of these things. I thought you were gonna say that you have an easier time believing that Bugs Bunny's a bunny and I was gonna be there with you and then we went to no, no. Barbie? A human woman But, but yeah. Bugs Bunny also is, true. they
3: all can do these things. Uh-huh. Mickey I was taken in the beginning by Mickey and Minnie being poor in the gift of the magi. I'm like this isn't canon. Well, of course it's not canon. Because Mickey is not Mickey. Mickey is an actor. Is that obvious to people? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is yeah. that obvious to you? Yeah, I get it. Mickey But did you know this before?
2: Or was this? No, I didn't. I don't Mickey think I put an, that together until the now. The Mickey conceit <laughs> that I'm going for is that Mickey, That's the title of this episode, by the way.
3: Mickey is always playing <laughs> characters. That's why at the beginning of the shorts they say Mickey Mouse in or Minnie Mouse mm-hmm. in.
2: They are right. not they, – they, So no, what's Mickey really like as a – person?
3: Donald Trump but he's an, he's an actor
2: he's the be, he's the biggest actor in, that they've got in their stable yes he's yeah. the
3: biggest actor he lives on the studio lot they bring him in to do these roles he mm-hmm. plays either the sorcerer's apprentice or he plays you know in the gift of the magi or whatever sure. it is sure. and he's never actually playing himself except when he's welcoming you to disneyland
1: which is his home
3: does this make sense? Yeah, it's yeah, just no. like yeah. that's
1: just like, you know, when Tom Hanks goes to Japan to shoot an ad for something Right. he's right. like, "Oh, look at this coffee." But
3: does that make the- them all actors? Hard to say. <laughs> Mickey, yes, they are all actors, but I can't really like Donald Duck, like Mickey has no Donald Duck is like Adam Sandler. He has a very specific persona. Yeah, he does have a lot of range. Strays he out of it, it. Yeah. And he's yeah. always this former navy guy. Right? He's always a former mm-hmm. sailor. Yeah. And Goofy's always a shithead. But like it's hard to say with Goofy. Like Goofy's I don't actually- think Goofy's a shithead. I just think he's just dumb. He's a shithead. Well, he's a being a shithead and being dumb are very similar, right? No. So when you say a shithead, that means malicious. He has shit for brains. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> shit inside his head.
2: That's different. Um, okay. But
3: Goofy, you know, my issue with Goofy versus Donald is like Goofy and Donald like are, are pretty similar in that like they're always screwing up. But right. everybody looks at Donald as a screw-up, whereas they look at Goofy as a well-intentioned
2: yeah, in no, Donald definitely has the worst – has drawn the short Right. All straw. right. That was my Mickey part. The other thing I'll talk about later. Oh, okay. Uh, so apparently um, – That's not revolutionary
3: for everyone that Mickey I, I an actor in the studio. I of. have
1: had that thought before. It's kind of like Kermit the Frog. Kermit it's the Frog. a lot
3: like Kermit the Frog. And Kermit,
1: but Kermit the Frog is better because his we know his core personality. And his core personality is like yes. harried middle manager. Like yeah. that is who he is at his core. And then we see him in other things where he performs.
2: But it's more um, – it's more uh, – like I understand it's what text. Kermit does when he goes home.
1: Yeah, it's text. It's
2: obvious yeah. that he has sex
3: with he Miss Piggy. Well, he has sex with Miss Piggy. a lot. And he uh, – <laughs> he throws his hands up. Yeah. He's always trying to put on a show, and I love that about Kermit. Yes. Right? But that's the Kermit character. Yeah. Mickey would not be always trying to put on – Mickey would be playing the guy who's always trying to put on a show. There's another level to Mickey that's yes. not there.
2: Yeah, that we're not seeing.
3: We've never been presented with the Kermit in character thing. It's always Kermit. Putting on something within his world. That's not really true. I guess he does that. There is, there is
1: sort of the, there is sort of the, the, the universe that Disney characters live in where Mickey's just kind of like, he's basically just like the mayor. You know, he just kind of hangs out and everybody looks at him.
3: He's like the guy on the lot in the contract days with the biggest bungalow
1: yeah it's like you you never know when you're going to open a door you're going to be up in Burbank and you're mm-hmm. going to open a door and Mickey Mouse is going to be hanging in a closet like this and like his eyes are going <laughs> to be dead. and then you're going to well no like he's not dead he's yeah. just like oh and then he looks at you he's like oh oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Please close the door.
2: It's, it's kind of like um, Haley Joel Osment in AI. Like just sort of this like yeah. kind of, yeah.
1: Huh? Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. If you touched him on the back of his neck and you hey. said three words to him. Particle. He dolphin. He would be your son. Yeah, forever. He'd yeah. love you forever. Do you want a Mickey <laughs> No, you
2: we don't. can make that happen. I don't. So but I, don't I will say so that bad. I felt for Mickey in this one because he's a good actor. Okay. So let's just, <laughs> I'm just going
3: to, I'm going to go
4: through these relatively quickly. I'm to play the
2: harmonica for this role.
4: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's
2: right. The first one is this Groundhog Day thing with Donald, which I didn't love. Donald Stuck on Christmas was just sort of like I yeah, didn't really it get. it I also,
1: I, well, it's, like, it's yeah. not about Donald. It's about his nephews.
2: It's about yeah, him doing. Life. I also just never. I mean, but Gang. Is Daisy always this like dialed up on the kind of sexiness? Donald and Should Daisy's be... relationship is a legal fiction.
1: Is what I have concluded from watching this. Okay. They have this like. Well, here's the thing. Like. Donald gives the boys a present from him and Daisy but Daisy doesn't live with him they're not married they don't appear to be like like they don't like they're not like, life partners mean, like what is this yeah like I, don't know. I, I, I think it i literally think the studio has arranged this relationship she's this flirting game. up a storm Daisy and Donald well that's the thing like you don't ever feel the heat you don't feel the chemistry they're trying to make it happen Mickey and Minnie that's, have chemistry they're both gay that's oh, both that's interesting gay i
3: don't know yeah. about Donald daisy definitely um wow n- daisy and donald have have never felt like that they- well it's, it's because donald's i think donald's asexual
2: he's romantic now, what i think he's i think he could be romantic he's
1: heteroromantic he's heteroromantic and he's asexual i that's i, I, th- I can see that thank yeah. you that's mm-hmm. what
2: i think he is okay. ultimately
3: at his core he's heteroromantic <sighs> All right. i don't think he's giving it to daisy um daisy has cleavage in this i think that's what yeah, you're it's getting weird at. i don't like I <laughs> did not like.
2: It. <laughs> I, didn't, I just she you know what they kind of made her out to be like um what's the what's the bugs uh female in space in space gen oh, what was lola, lola bunny. bunny well she's a babe D- oh all right she is not problematic she's a bunny
3: <laughs> <Phil>.
2: <laughs> i just didn't like that either I don't no. like Lola Bunny. I don't like. You're, I think di- you're you're intimidated, Mark. She was the best at basketball. Uh, no, I don't think that's <laughs> it at all. But my point here, more than anything, is I just uh, this. They dialed this one up to eleven, and I didn't. I didn't really need it. I also just found like, this story unengaging and uninteresting. But. You're a very good
1: ally. Thank you. Thank you for standing up for women. am
2: i somehow not
1: no you are you're just like i don't like these sexy cartoon it's just it's kind of gross (laughs) yeah you're like jessica rabbit sure but she was a person
2: she she was she had a personality but it's like it's in its own way it's sort of like the cats movie why do they have boobs and butts why not cats have butts (laughs) not like this they butt cheeks (laughs) i don't know i that's that my issue with cats has nothing to do with the boobs and the butts it's it's one of my issues no
3: i mean the actors who played them on stage at boobs and butts it's just a it's just a they're not supposed to be cats they're supposed to be cats in this world they could be whatever tom hooper decides they are
1: yeah i i'm totally fine with the cats having boobs and butts like yeah that's not the problem the that is a is that that, cat. I, sucks. Do you really <laughs> well, want to see? A, suck. Do yeah, you really want to see a Taylor Swift mocap performance where then they translate her movements into like a house cat? No. I also don't want to see. I mean, I actually,
2: yes. <laughs> what? I'm more interested. I mean, I don't. Well, I guess my issue is I've seen the musical Cats. I didn't really get Sorry it Sorry about that. Um. I understand what you're saying. Yes. Like they, it's a bunch of people running around in leotards with cat makeup on. Sure. But they had an opportunity here and you know, with their digital fur technology, which they've spent apparently over $200 million on this movie. I don't, I just, I, it's, it's,
3: but the boobs and the
2: butts make it feel so much more frightening and weird than it needs to be. That's not the reason. It's one of the reasons maybe for you.
3: They're not cats.
2: They're cat people. They're cat people. Yeah. All right. They, okay.
3: Busted. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, I I feel uh, like, I feel like, I'm just going to say this. I feel like you
1: think I'm trolling you. I swear to God.
3: No, I'm I don't
2: not. think, I don't think you're trolling me. I right. just don't agree. Every I just,
1: time, every time I'm like, I'm really excited to see cats. A thing that is literally true. People think I'm trolling them. I am excited to see it. There is a, one percent chance it's one of the best movies of the year, and a ninety-nine percent chance it is a calamity. And I can't really say that about other movies coming out. I'm so- I'll be
2: very honest with you. I'm interested in seeing it. I would. I don't know if I would use the word excited, but I'm genuinely curious as to what this thing is. I think it's probably going to be a disaster. I'm more excited to see it
1: than Rise of Skywalker, which I think is probably going to be good.
2: Crazy to me.
3: I, you know, I, I, I love <laughs> that's the, crazy. the, the, uh, whatever. Cats is my Star Wars. The thing you just set up, the Paradise should, should be set up, your Twitter bio. I, I love, I love the <laughs> 1% Moonshot, might be the best movie of all time, 99% Calamity probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm very into that in general. Those are my favorite kind of movies. Those are my favorite kind of situations. That being said. Uh huh. I've seen Cats. The musical. And unless whatever this new character is doing, this little yeah, through line thing that they've added yeah. is brilliant, Cats it won't is, be. It's unsalvageable. It's the worst <laughs> musical ever made. You didn't
2: That's, like watching a bunch of cats audition to go to cats go to heaven. heaven.
3: <laughs> the thing that bothers me so much is that people are like digital yeah. for technology. No, yeah. no, no. Boobs and butts. No, no, no. It's based on cats.
2: Well, yeah. Because
3: you show me because it's based on cats. It is. It is doomed.
2: <laughs> cats is my star is, wars. There it you is. Tweeted that <laughs> while we were <over> there. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I, I mean, I. I just. Yeah, I, I agree with you, obviously. Like, this is built on a rotting foundation. Like, there's no oh, way that this is going to work. It's built on 15 cat corpses. <laughs> just, the, the, just the bodies of dead Boobs cat people. Boobs and butts of dead yeah. cats. Yeah. Uh, but on top of all of that, uh, it's also visually frightening. Like, there are people online that – I mean, Melissa, my roommate, will not watch the new trailer will not watch anything to do with this thing. She says it is it is disturbing and she wants nothing to do with it. And I think part of that is that Taylor's shaking her cat boobs at the camera. Dad, and it's weird. I love Melissa, one of the great guests. That's her problem. Well, no, but that's
3: It
1: is. That's her problem. I had cat boobs. I would shake them. So.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's another tweet. <laughs> it's, no, I mean like it's she
2: she she's she's obviously free to, to to watch and not watch whatever she wants. But like Of course. That's her problem. If she doesn't like it. She doesn't like it. But I'm saying, I'm saying that she's not alone. Is my point. Yeah. There are people that are taking issue with this, and yeah. and and it, and it was an easy fix. But this, she it, it was. It, but has she ever heard ma-
3: the the marvelous Mister Mistopheles?
2: She's never or seen the it. The
3: magical Mister Mistopheles. Well, I don't
1: know what
4: it's. Oh. Called. Oh, Mr. <laughs> oh well, you know. There it is. I would shake them. This is my uh, trip. You <laughs> uh, heard it here em- first,
3: guys. Emily Vanderwerf. T V O T V O T I.
2: On Twitter to
3: see all the tweets during this episode. Uh, so the
2: second movie
3: in Mickey's
2: Once Upon a Christmas. What
1: if because we haven't learned the true meaning of Christmas, we have to do this podcast
2: over and over again? <laughs> yeah, that would be That would that'd be, be, dream. Something. That'd be the opposite. Uh, so the second one is A Goofy Christmas. Obviously, it was Kenny's favorite because he loves Goofy. Oh, I have big problems with this one. Um, it's a prequel apparently to a Goofy movie, which I've never seen, mm-hmm. but people seem to like a Goofy movie. People younger than us. Emily likes a Goofy movie. I love movie. a Goofy movie. She's And, and Melissa loves a Goofy Little, movie. Well, she is younger than us. Yeah.
3: Uh, I, you know, Goofy movie, whatever. I've watched it with my kids. It's fine. It's cute. Um, Do your kids I like have, it? No. Okay. I have big problems. Okay. <laughs> now this is where I, I, I talk my truth. Oh, no. I don't like kids' movies that are about the existence or non-existence of Santa Claus. What is the
1: point? I will say this. I am not a good ally. I'm a misogynist. I'm going to say this movie, this this little short really pussies out. It really? <laughs> How so? At the end. With Max so posing you're like as? You're like, Santa's not real. Santa's not real. Santa is the spirit within all of us, uh, and we love each other. Oh, no, just kidding. Santa's real. No. Fuck
2: you. Yeah.
1: Santa is not real. You established that over the whole movie. Don't. If they pulled their punch on the end.
3: Yeah. Weirdly. Um, there should be no punches. There should be no children's media
2: about whether or not Santa is real. Why?
3: Why put that thought in kids' heads?
2: Oh, so you're against it because you don't think people kids I should question see- But you don't like Elf? No, I love Elf. Or like Santa Claus? So you like a movie that accepts I love Santa
1: Claus. You like a movie that accepts as a, as Claus. a founding premise that Santa Claus is real and in the world and everyone just sort of agrees with that. If it's for children. Okay. Yes not saying you have to do it you can make art about whatever you want when i was 3 my mother told me there was no santa claus and also that dad was my santa claus and that really screwed me up i really thought there my dad go. like my dad had the job of santa claus and that was like yeah she was trying to say oh he puts the presents under the mm-hmm. tree because he provides for all of us and you know, someday you'll that, be... That didn't work for you. Yeah, someday you'll be a big, strong man who can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so really, it fucked me up yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Santas can
3: make whatever decisions they want. I just feel do like it's Do your kids
2: the, know that Santa's not real?
3: Um, they, they, think to Santa, this they think Santa's real. They do occasionally listen to this podcast for the F-words. Um, <laughs> so but, for the F-words. Which is true. They do it for the F-words. Yeah. Um, they think that Santa's real because they're seven, and Santa's a great thing, and... For parents to bribe So when they watched
2: uh, this movie, did they question that?
3: I don't know. I didn't watch it with them. Okay.
1: You watch this by yourself?
3: (laughs) I watched this on, I watched (laughs) this on on my phone, on a plane. On your phone? Yeah, dude. I had no time. On my phone, on a plane, downloaded this morning at 740. In the guy next to me saw me watching this. (laughs) I I, I think he asked to change seats.
2: Uh, no, that's a joke. That's okay. the end of the joke. Uh, the third one uh, is Mickey and Minnie's Gift of the Magic. Have you read A Gift oh, of the Magi? Oh Henry, I have. It's a beautiful story. It is. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm just live tweeting this podcast that won't be out for several weeks. cool! Okay.
1: Well, I got
3: to mention. Uh,
2: um, that's incredible. Uh, Gift of the Badger is a great short story. It's a beautiful short story. I think they do a pretty good job of adapting it here. This is the strongest of the three for sure. Um, I bought Mickey and Minnie's plight yeah. and what they were dealing great with. Great actors. Great actors, both of them. Yep. Um, I think truly uh, the, the moment that I enjoyed the most of all of these movies, was Minnie schlepping a fruitcake on her back out of the mm-hmm. office after her boss yelled at her? It. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most amazingly pathetic images <laughs> that we've covered. I think in '99 thus far. I like the bench. I like when they use a Disney bench. I like Mortimer. I like Pete. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pete's
3: amazing. Pete it's good rice. stuff. One of the great characters. Yeah. Clarabelle
1: Cow. Clarabelle's
3: pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. A horse. The horse. Yeah. They've got a bench.
3: Has, has a history in blackface. I think I'm sure you know that, but.
1: Uh, I mean. Phew they all do like wow. mickey, mickey, does. Mickey, mickey does yeah mickey's yes. got the white gloves mickey's basically
3: a, a minstrel character yeah
1: mm-hmm.
3: um but he was active.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> so, yeah. yeah it was part of his <laughs> it's part of his
3: deal career.
2: in the 20s they were all doing it. so is are so are you saying that this is like him having like a holding deal yes. at disney that's uh-huh. what it is
1: he lives on the disney lot yeah no he
2: works on the disney this
1: lot this is somebody i'm trying to work with and reply to my cat boobs tweet <laughs> cool <laughs> 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 I, you know, I like, like it. it. I
3: think that person's <laughs> trying to work with <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. That's so, fantastic. So here's my, here's my issue. <laughs> here's my, my last issue with this, with this dreaded movie. All right. Gift of the Magi. Yes. Ultimately, what's it, it's, what's it ultimately about? All three of these things are ultimately about, um, true meaning of Christmas, which sure. is, you know, uh, what's true meaning of Christmas? Selflessness. It's
2: selflessness and it's about giving to other people and it's about, Family and right. just being with the people you love, and right. it's and it's not about presents, but secretly it's about presents. Well, I would say, <laughs> or not Denise, so secretly,
3: it's not about presents, right? Yeah. I mean, the
2: gift of the magi is very clearly not about presents.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's about the foolishness of trying to, you know, um, fill someone with a present when you can fill someone with. Love and kindness. Your big penis. I've
1: always liked. Uh, I've always liked the. uh That was a joke. That was a throw. Yep. I mean, yeah, call, back. Call, back, call, call, back, back. call back, call back, call back to early Mickey Mouse. Yeah. A tiny. He's a, Mickey Mouse a tiny little mouse. I got a big giant dick. Great guy. <laughs> <laughs> Great guy. <laughs> Great guy. Big dick.
3: <laughs>
1: um, Have you ever read Norman Lear's autobiography? No. Uh, they're basically the first. Half of that, just every few pages, he talks about who in old Hollywood had a big dick. It's Stop literally, it. literally, Seriously? just like yeah, he's just like, I got to see Uncle Milty's dick once. Yeah, it was big. Well, that guy
3: has he's a famously famously, big famously big large dick. Large yeah. dick mm-hmm. yes. Who? Milton Berle. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the one big dick I've heard of. Mm-hmm. The only one. Mm-hmm. But there's a surprising amount of talk from like I, the the one I remember is Milton Berle in that book. But there's a surprising mm-hmm. amount of talk from Norman Lear about like I saw this guy's penis and it was big. <laughs> I assume most
3: uh most <sighs> actors have big penises, really? Yeah, they have a lot of confidence. Sure. Yeah. BDE. I guess.
1: <laughs> I feel like most of them don't. I think really? they like to have the opposite Overcompensating? of compensating. Like
3: they have a little dick energy?
1: Yeah. I think like like Tom dick Cruise. Anxiety would be Tom that. Cruise has a little dick anxiety, you know?
3: He does have a he he does seem to he does seem to have the need to prove he's a big man
1: mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. little
3: man's body he's
2: mm-hmm. also a short person
3: i think he might have a big dick
2: i don't know <laughs> I, I mean I, I certainly don't have any evidence this is the to best the
3: episode ever <laughs> and, all right, so
2: so what i was getting at with this is is yeah. essentially the
3: goal of disney to what to put out this anti-corporatization me- message <laughs> yeah it's what, pretty the, it's pretty the bold anti commercial commercialization yeah. message so what I'm getting at is the gall, but obviously that's what they're selling. That's how strong the power of Disney and commercial, commercialization and, uh, and corporatization is that they can put out yep. the exact opposite message. And I don't think there's any subtext here. I don't think it's secretly about presents. I think it is very clearly Christmas isn't for presents. It's for family. When that's how strong the association is between that's a big Christmas BD from Disney. Oh yeah, Sure. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> B- Christmas and, and presents and corporatization and consumption, as you said earlier, that they can put out anything mm-hmm. about Christmas, to feel confident that that's going to turn into money.
1: There's another 364 days out of the year when you can spend your money on Disney products and like nothing's open on Christmas. So mm-hmm. of course that's the day they'll say is not about presents. That's it's hilarious. about, that's, it's what about. Been that's, that's
3: what they've been selling forever. Yeah, They've been selling family forever and it's worked so well. That's the, the, the I mean Lindsay Ellis is like the genius of YouTube and puts out you know, because you're friends with her, right? You should
1: have her on the show.
3: Uh, I asked you last time. She's my favorite. She's one of the few subscriptions I have, and every oh, every it's author, happening as we can speak. You just text her? Every other uh video essay she puts out is about the evils of Disney. Uh huh. But I think it's
1: yeah, just text her.
3: Oh, okay. please do. No. It's about the evils of Disney, <laughs> no. and not not no. She's no. obviously a massive Disney fan, right? I would say she's mm-hmm. a huge Disney oh, yeah, fan, yeah, yeah. as I am. I'm a huge Disney fan, but that undercurrent sometimes doesn't exactly feel right because Disney is, for instance, you know, one of the first companies that um, offered health benefits to LBGT partners, mm-hmm. right? And they've always kind of been advocates on on, on the kind of top level. But they've been always kind of using that to push Yeah. This Which sure. I know it's not the smartest.
2: No, 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 it's not the, it's I'm not saying that at all. I just think it, it's it's it is shockingly bold. I just didn't think about it that way.
3: But isn't it weird?
2: Yes. 100%. All
1: right, that's it. Uh have you have you have you seen have you seen Frozen 2? I mean I have, have seen have, Frozen, no, no. I really
3: haven't. I will wow. see it. Probably this week.
1: You've seen Frozen 2 already? Yeah. I literally wow. wrote about this uh, in my my extremely popular piece. I will read your piece On after I internet see the internet about I, why Elsa is gay. I think um, I started reading you. I don't think then you're you the said, first person to say that, though. I'm like, no, I'm not. Then well. you
3: said, <laughs> spoilers for both below, right? So yeah. Stopped because I can't have Frozen 2 spoiled for me?
1: Well-
2: Really? Yeah, why not? Why don't okay. Okay. I- Okay. I'm, I'm anti-spoiler. I, That's cool. I'm I, old I school. think that Frozen 2 is a deeply flawed film. <laughs>
1: It has a lot of problems. Uh, also, it, like, I, I... also
2: being gay, not being one of them.
1: Well, I mean, I know how you feel about how better LGBT representation in children's films, where you're like, we can't show that to
2: kids. I wish they went farther with it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do, too. But I wrote I wrote about this they on They went Fox. a little far with it. I, wrote, I mean, she doesn't kiss a boy. They do. <laughs> the subtext is all there. It's mm-hmm. The way I put it in my article is it hit the movie hits you over the head with it if you want to be hit over the head and if it doesn't it just it sails right over your head but like they are clearly signaling that Elsa is a lesbian or trans or asexual but they can't come out and say that they give her A female love interest in the first act who then disappears from the movie, and like she's so clearly being set up to Elsa and this woman are going to go on an adventure and they're going to kind of fall for each other and they probably won't kiss, we probably won't acknowledge it, but if you are someone who wants to see that in this movie, you'll see it, and then they take they just strip it the fuck out. They also
2: make her um it's there's a Fifth Element quality to it that like she's like the Lillu situation, Mm -hmm. Elsa or the other person. Elsa, here's a question. (laughs) There's definitely a quality of like, the, the gay one is special and. Well, I think
3: they're othering
2: her. That's how, yeah. that's what it sounds like.
3: Thinking, sure. Right. Yes. It sounds like they're saying, well, she, you know, she's not straight. She's not gay. She's not even
1: human. This is, this is well. the thing is like in the nineties, gay, uh, lesbian, trans characters were villains. And in the two thousands, it became, they have superpowers <laughs> and the superpowers are a metaphor. And like Elsa's kind of both. Cause she started life as a villain yeah. and then yeah. they were like, she can't be a villain. So now we're going to give her superpowers. I'm like, yeah, she um, was supposed to be a villain. They were, they were
3: they were definitely
1: building it felt it's like it's not that, even yeah. like they were definitely building yeah. they, the the original script
3: had else mm-hmm. the snow queen It's based yeah. on the snow queen yeah. she's the snow queen the snow queen's the villain yeah. they weren't even sisters in the beginning yeah. um when will disney have an out lgbtq
2: lead character in an animated film not well here's the real question who will be first Marvel or Disney? Marvel, but Marvel. that's that's yeah. you think They already
1: so? have one in production for 2020. I don't know if it's a lead character, but one of the Eternals is openly gay. So Marvel, 100. It's back. just
3: that's a PG 13 franchise. That's okay. easy to me. Yeah, I, I think it's a ways but off that it's going to. I don't an think anime. it's that far. But I'll tell you what. I think that like it's kind of Pixar crazy might to me. do it. I could see Pixar. Yeah, doing I could see it. Them. I, I think it's kind of crazy to me that like I um what was that movie this year? Uh, Love Simon.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Love, Love Simon? Simon. Yeah. A Disney property now, I believe. Is, oh, oh no, a
3: yeah. Fox movie, yeah. So Love Simon was kind of the first mainstream gay romance that I can remember made mm-hmm. by a, a major studio. It's kind of amazing that like yep. they haven't had just a, a a major studio hasn't had a um, no pun intended, a straight gay romance, a mm-hmm. down the middle gay romance that I think Billy Eichner is doing with Jet Set right Apatow. now. Uh, but I thought that would have happened 10 years ago. So yeah, maybe it, um, we're like 10 years away. But maybe okay. it'll happen at Disney. Maybe.
1: Why? I actually – I my article about Elsa, I'm going to avoid the Frozen 2 spoilers. Please do. But uh, I talk about um, basically the idea that Disney's recent movies have been – like all of them have this structure where in the first act we hear the received history of the place – um, for instance, Wakanda, this wonderful place mm-hmm. that ha- is perfect. And then the second act, we start to see signs that things are more complicated than we think. Killmonger shows up. And then at the end of the second act, we find out, oh no, uh, Black Panther's dad killed his uncle. There's this whole story that we don't know about. And that's why Killmonger's mad and he's right to be mad and there's failures of whatever. And then it gets shoved back under the rug. Mm-hmm. All, all of these. So, so yeah. here, here's what I write. Um Disney keeps coming back to the idea of metaphorically dissecting the unsavory aspects of American history in order to move forward as a nation, but it almost never has the guts to actually suggest anything needs to change to upend the current social order, because the current social order places Disney at the top of the year-end box office nearly every year. A world where we really got serious about righting the wrongs of colonialism would be a world that might also start to undercut capitalism, and if you're Disney, you can't have that. So the company's films indulge in half measures designed to let viewers who are progressively inclined feel as if they are picking up on something new and interesting while never actually challenging any of the baseline presumptions of society that allows disney to remain dominant even the best movie i've listed here black panther sweeps all of its messy thematic ideas mostly under the bed by the time it kicks off its final fight and then i talk about how that also applies to their queer characters where they like nod to this character's queer or they have you know characters in the background of a pixar movie who are holding hands and are Mm -hmm. both women but like they're never actually going to come out and say Elsa's queer because, like, that loses them hundreds of millions of dollars. So, like, they they sort of they play footsie with the idea of doing something bold and radical, but they'd never actually do it because they're a dominant oh, force.
3: But uh, so I would say, I would add one word, which is potentially it potentially potentially loses them hundreds of millions of dollars. It would absolutely. It, it, I'm not saying it wouldn't. I'm saying they've never tried, so they mm-hmm. can't know. That's one of that's that's part of it. the other part is just doing it doesn't make it radical or progressive right no for sure that's, that, that's that's what you're saying right and I think that's what so many of Lindsay Ellis's like uh, essays are about like just doing it mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything unless you're actually saying something about upending the social structure as it is
1: but it knows so, Disney knows it'll get great press if it's like Lafoo and Beauty and the Beast right. is gay and like it will. Like we write about it, and I'm saying we for the press. I think Vox doesn't do this, but but the press writes about like, oh my god, the first openly gay character in a Marvel movie, and it's a fucking guy at a support group yeah. who doesn't have a character yeah. name.
3: Well, that's the danger of tokenism, right there. Right, mm-hmm. the, the danger of tokenism that, and this is my my bet noir going back to girls and Donald Glover, um, is if you let if you let someone off the hook. We're just doing something for, uh, on a token basis that keeps the that keeps the out group down right and saying we've given you a little we've given you a little like part or we've given you a little rope now um, rope's probably not the bad word best word a little slack now stay down there where you are mm. and don't push up any further right right that's kind of the the, the danger of tokenism I
1: mean um, look at what happened to goofy <laughs> I
3: don't want to get back to business. <laughs> But the, on the, on the flip side, I think there's a lot of issues with the media forcing tokenism upon product, upon uh, properties like Marvel and then mm-hmm. getting all excited when they do garbage like that. Right. I, I think that that's, it, it's very clearly not enough to right. just have Joe Russo
1: play a gay character a support group. Right. Right. So I think that's, I do think Marvel's been a little bit better about it than the other arms of Disney like um, P- Marvel and Pixar have been a little bit better about it. Like say what you will about uh, Captain Marvel. It's not my favorite movie. It's clearly built around like a woman's point of view mm-hmm. in a way that like it needed to be. And Black Panther of course is the great example of what happens when you do that. But like, yeah, they, and
2: who knows what this, uh, oh my God, this Black Widow movie is going to be next year. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? No. Hard to say. Um, let's rate. The best this- part about Black
3: Panther <clears throat> is the black villain. Mm-hmm. Sure. That is the part that actually sets it apart.
1: Mm-hmm. So, well, the thing about Black Panther is the token characters are white people, and like, but, that, well, they're not even tokens.
3: So you can't. I don't think you can call. I don't think you can call the majority race a
1: token. They are. Well, here's the thing. They are in the roles that. A black token character would be in in a white dominated movie. That's what I'm saying. Who's they the
3: other the, one? Andy Circus. And Andy
1: Circus as the kind of he's like a villain. As the guy. kind of the small time yeah. villain who's below the main villain, Martin and then Freeman. you have Martin Freeman as the guy who really is good at helping out.
3: Yeah, that would be those would be black guys mm-hmm. in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: So I don't really have ratings for this. You didn't rate either of these movies. I rated uh, I rated Chris why did well, I? I think you can probably pull a yeah, rating. Right. Okay, I'll do my best. Uh, so for Christmas Carol, I gave it a sixty-seven going into this podcast, uh, and I gave it a sixty now. Oh, um, what happened? Yeah, I just I don't know. Kind of I, you, Phil you turned off. You, 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 you started talking about it, and I was like, no, "Yeah, I'm Kenny's right." I'm higher than you. Uh, and then for Mickey, uh, I came in here with a sixty-eight. I'm leaving with a fifty-five. Um, both of were these, both
3: sixty eights coming in.
2: No, when was a sixty seven? I think, yeah. All right, uh, yeah, I'm leaving with both of these going down. Um, I, you know, the thing is, like, sitting watching it on my television, I was like, yeah, sure, this is fine. And then the second we start talking about, it, I'm like, uh, yeah, these aren't very good.
3: I'd say Christmas Carol at a seventy two. I'm gonna keep it there. I okay, think it's pretty good. All right. I think
1: uh, Mickey, I'll probably put it at about a forty two. Okay, so all right, where yes. where are you at, Emily? Christmas Carol sixty seven probably okay. just leave it there. All right, it's fine. Two thirds of a movie sounds about right. <laughs> um, Mickey <laughs> forty sounds fine. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Like so, talking about it, I've gotten I've liked it a little less. So I'm going to say go down to thirty eight.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. There we go. So before we do our top ten Christmas movies, we have to we have to have a discussion about. Uh, And now I'm sitting with two of the like most rules people I've ever met in my life. I love rules. Um, I I don't know. We didn't talk about what the rules were before this. So I had, uh, I had a, I did rate Christmas Carol.
3: I said Christmas Carol gets a 72. Okay. Perfectly cromulent.
1: Yeah. That's what I said. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Go ahead. Uh, Mr. Burns uh, should be in a Christmas.
2: I'm not, has he not been a Christmas movie person? So, you know, movies that are overtly Christmas movies, movies that you'd be like, that's a Christmas movie. I'm probably not all that inclined to enjoy, if mm-hmm. I'm being completely to honest. No Christmas with Cranks? No. Uh, I, I have a couple overtly Christmas movies on here. But the point I'm trying to make here is that all of the movies take place at Christmas. So that, as far as I'm concerned, is a Christmas movie.
1: Okay. I agree with you. Okay. I agree with you too, but I think Christmas needs to be vital to the plot. For instance, we were talking about the constant on Lost. Christmas is not vital to the plot of that. I don't know that it's a Christmas episode. You have Uh, two separate lists, you said. I I was going to – so yeah, I was thinking about doing my favorite Christmas movies and then my favorite Christmas adjacent movies. And I think of Christmas adjacent movies as – movies that have christmas like substantially involved but like christmas is not terribly important to the plot. I think Die Hard could be on that list. I really think Die Hard could be on either list because christmas is very important to the plot of Die Hard. But something like Batman Returns, Christmas is Jason. Mm.
2: Well, you're not going to like my list. Uh, that's fine.
1: I'll make the I'll make the other
2: case.
3: Okay. Oh, you haven't even got a Batman Returns right now? No, that's or fine. Should I would make it when it gets when I get to it on my christmas Oh, it's on list. my list.
1: Oh, uh, that's fine. I like Batman Returns. Mistletoe, no Mistletoe, is a very important part it is. of that movie. Okay, all right,
3: Could be deadly if you eat it. Yeah, the kiss can be even deadlier if you mean if it. You mean it? All right, <clears throat> let's, uh, you have t- start, We I'll have top tens. Yeah, have two
1: I, separate top ten lists. Emily, I thought about it. I just, I'm just going to fucking do it off the top of my head. We're just going to we're going we're going to do it live. Fuck
2: it, do it live. <laughs> Fuck it, let's do it live. <laughs> uh, I kind of cheated on my number ten right <sighs> out of the gate. Oh my god, you always cheat on your number ten. Yeah, because I don't really give a shit about the bottom of the list. But that being said. Uh, Christmas is a very big deal to Shane Black. Uh, whether or not they are vital to the story, as you've said. Mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon, Kiss Kiss Bang, all of his movies take place at Christmas, but those two films, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Lethal Weapon, I think are great Christmas movies. They both take place at Christmas. Um... He loves Christmas because it's a time of change, and it's a time it, of, yeah. of, of you know, from a character perspective, uh, it's a time when people are very sort of like looking inwards and trying to be better people and all that. So I think that's why. He I
1: it. think a better example of what I'm talking about is Iron Man three. That's a sure. movie I really love. It's Christmas adjacent. It's like sure. set
2: around Christmas.
1: Christmas. Another shame. Black Christmas looks Christmas movie.
3: great on film. It does. That's why Eyes Wide Shut. Looks so great. Yeah, it's one of
2: the reasons. Well, it's it um, mostly shot. With I just Christmas love. Lights.
3: I love the way Christmas looks on yep, film. It great. makes me feel great. Yeah, even bad Christmas movies I like.
2: Yep. um it's hard to hate a Christmas
3: movie. Like, as I said, to, by that I mean just like. Oh, it's easy it's to like hate. Jokes. It's easy to hate a Christmas story, which is not on my list. It's not on my list either. Um, it's on yours, um, I'm Literally, nice. the most overrated movie. <laughs> it's um, crazy. It's the most overrated American movie period. Don't understand. It's it. a
1: baby boomer thing. I feel like we're okay, moving boomer. past it. But like feel- all our. But like, I feel like all our friends like this movie too. I don't understand I don't get it. because they had it. You know, I I do feel like we're moving past it. I feel like it's being Got supplanted it. by National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, it a is. movie I don't like, I don't and like Elf, a movie I'm fine with. All right, so.
3: both of the movies on my list, as I said to Phil, What's your Every movie on this list would be a ninety or higher for me. Wow. Okay, including number ten. Okay, Gremlins. Gremlins. Great, great movie. Gremlins. Much higher on my list. Tremendous movie. Well, it's a ninety or higher on my list. These are all. These are all classics. Is it on yours?
1: I am a pure, like I said, I'm a purist. I did, I tried to do movies that were specifically about Christmas. I kept Die Hard to my Christmas adjacent list. Um, and, uh, I My number 10 is a charming little animated film called Arthur Christmas. Arthur Our Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. All right. Yeah. From Aardman Animation. Yeah, um, yeah. Not a perfect movie, but definitely like a lot of companies have tried to do an animated Christmas movie. And this is one that they actually kind of got it right. It has a fun take on the Santa Claus mythology, which is hard to do. I'm blown away by your number 10 already.
3: The Fuck It, We'll Do It Live
1: is
2: working yeah, out well it's great. for us. Great. Uh, number number nine, nine, I got Charlie Brown Christmas. It's great. Not a movie. It is a movie. Not a movie. Watched it on my TV. (laughs) Looked like a movie. That doesn't
3: help your case. I'm just saying. Uh, Number nine, Batman: Mistletoe is deadly feud.
1: Batman Returns. Excuse me. Colin Martin Scorsese. (laughs) Charlie. That is definitely a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. It's not a movie. It's a TV special. No, no, no. I'm talking about Batman
3: Returns. Oh yeah, Batman Returns. Okay, please tell me. He's he's
2: still railing on. That's it. That's the end of it. Please, please tell me. Mr. Oh, we're gonna talk about that more when we get to it on Mistletoe my list. Mistletoe is deadly if you did it. It's very important to the plot. Okay. It takes place at Christmas.
1: Okay, please continue. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we're gonna talk about it more when we get to it That's on my it. list. We'll talk about when Phil gets to it on his list. Emily, what's your number nine?
1: Um doing it off the top of my brain. Off the top of the dome here. Uh Christmas in Connecticut, uh 1940s comedy okay. uh, starring Barbara Stanwyck as a uh advice columnist who is like pretending to be married and uh is also um uh is pretending to be married and then she like has to like create a fake marriage it's very 1940s gender roles but a lot of fun
3: i can't i cannot get over how hard it is to do what you're doing right now to go backwards on a top 10 list without anything in front of you and i I trust
1: that you will i have a pretty firm sense of my top five which is helping okay but still remarkable
2: Number eight, film Die Hard. Uh, That's pretty low. I love Die Hard. I I love Die Hard. I love Die Hard. Um, but you know, part of it was this Christmas adjacent stuff that that Emily's talking about. Uh-huh. Um, and but but my top are filled with Christmas adjacent, so whatever. But I, I I love Die Hard. Number eight, Elf. Sure. Uh, absolutely love
3: Elf. That's I th- great. I thought its depiction of the North Pole was so genius the first yeah. time i saw it i was on the floor crying laughing and it's actually i think the only will ferrell movie i really like
2: he is he was i don't know if you guys watched snl last no week. i heard he was great he was very good uh he does like elf weaponizes this childishness that he does so beautifully of just sort of this aw shucks not on your list it is a Oh, okay um that he does so well in that movie um yeah, it's great. It's a great, it's a great movie. I, I'm fully on board with Elf. What if I just said Prancer right now? Like, what if uh, I was like- You uh, could. Number eight,
1: Prancer. Uh, I'd love to talk about Prancer. Let's talk about Prancer while I think of what my number eight is. What is the deal with Prancer? With Prancer? <laughs> uh, <okay>. I,
3: <laughs> I remember Prancer. I remember mm-hmm. the movie Prancer. I remember the ads for Prancer. I remember I, it too. I remember thinking, hmm, that's clever. They're worried of the reindeer. But- uh,
2: Such a weird
3: choice. Well, why not? It's,
2: why it's, not Blitzen?
3: that's what I'm saying could could have been any any of them them. could have been anyone is Prancer the right one they're all they're all so can we name them all
2: sure
1: yeah Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen Donner and Cupid and Comet Comet
2: and Blitzen Mm -hmm. I would say Vixen sounds the most interesting of the bunch Vixen I would pass on (laughs) you might have boobs in a butt
1: <laughs> the boobs thing is and a butt. They're all male reindeer. Yeah. So, Vixens. Are. Oh, Vixens. Yes. Oh, my God. I want to write Vixen.
2: <laughs> you want to write the Vixen movie? The Vixen movie. <laughs> Number eight, Vixen. <laughs> Written by
1: Emily Vander Directed by Lana Wachowski. Vixen. Oh, wow.
3: <laughs>
1: Coming Old your Christmas, Christmas, 2023. Vixen
3: with the boobs and butt. <laughs>
2: Um, what's your eight?
1: <laughs> my eight, I'm going to go Christmas with Jason too. I'm going to go with Royal Tenenbaums, a movie that is um, super Christmassy, Christmassy without thing. actually having a Christmas much in it.
2: And uses the Charlie Brown Christmas. Uses song. Charlie Brown
1: Christmas, uses sleigh bells, uses snow. It is a very good New York Christmas movie. Really like that movie. That's a good uh, movie. Yeah, I watch it every Christmas. Yeah,
3: One of my favorite movies of all yeah. time. Would n- I have it. We never have thought of it as yeah. a Christmas. I'm I agree. Sure I, I agree
1: heard. with it as one of my favorite movies of all time. The reason I have it so low is because I think it is literally it is the most Christmas adjacent you can
2: get. Sure. I'm breaking
1: my own rule to shove it in there. So <laughs> all right,
2: uh, uh, number seven. I got Elf. We talked about Elf. Elf's good. Number Elf's seven. Good. I got Die Hard. Talked about Die Hard. There we go. Yeah. What's your
3: seven.
1: Uh, um, God, I I literally just had it now. Oh, Miracle on 34th Street.
2: Which one? The original. Not the uh, Richard Attenborough?
1: Richard, Richard, uh, Richard Attenborough like, yeah, is fine. I think it's a fine little movie. The original is so much better, and uh, Edmund Edmund Gwynn is such a great Santa Claus. Very hard to beat him for on-screen Santa Claus. So,
2: um, uh, Do you have a list of your top-10 <laughs> <laughs> Santa Clauses? I don't. I don't.
1: I'm sort sure of surprised. Oh, yeah. Chris Ed Asner is really Chris good. Kringle, or Chris Kringle, yeah, sorry. Chris Kringle.
3: Um, I just want to talk about Dyer Di- for one second. Sure. Is there a worse argument on the internet than is Hard Christmas movie? No, because it's, it's up Christmas there. Is is it, it's also the perpetuated by really bad. People,
1: I'll just say I now I have it at number five. I, I have it at number okay. five. I think um, it's a
3: Christmas movie. Is it worse than it is a hot dog a sandwich?
2: What's well, the I've, I take issue with because a hot dog is not a sandwich. So, <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I don't. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, I think I, I that the, the diehard. The problem with the diehard Christmas thing and the reason that it's turned into what it's turned into is because a lot of people started as like my favorite Christmas movies die, like as like a, a like a weird jabby thing. But and then people kind of ran with it. it and now it it's felt like a very, uh, all bro
3: kind of jab. It felt kind of like your Christmas movies are stupid and lovey dovey and about, you
2: know, I saw family. a lot of women doing it though. Well, I didn't feel that bro. I me. think they're maybe doing super the same bro-y. Thing.
3: I think they're doing the same thing. Honestly, right. I think they're, it's not the bro thing. It's the anti-
2: Christmas. Establishment thing? Thing, no, yeah.
3: it's it's like the anti kind of sweetness of Christmas. All of my Christmas movies, with the exception of number one, which mm-hmm. is also very lovey dovey and kind of sentimental. They're, they're all very sentimental except number five. Number five is not. But they're all very sentimental because that's really how I feel about Christmas. Okay. I really feel Christmas is a time
2: for Keeping. giving. Number Uh we're at number five? No. Six? no six, six. six. Uh what do you have for six? Or wait, me first, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Scrooged. Love it think it's great. Loved it as a kid. Still think it's funny. Watched the trailer the other night. And I was like, huh, am I going to buy Scrooged? I don't know if I'm going to buy it at full price, but I would watch Scrooged again. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I saw it when I was young. I remember seeing it in the theater. I think there's also very, there's something very kind of like Richard Donner really showed up and did mm-hmm. like, it's a big production. It's, it's expensive and it's tactile, but it's also like a big movie. It feels like a big studio movie. Um, and I just dug some of the effects. There's some really cool, weird shit in it. Like when John Forsyth puts him through the, the glass of the skyscraper. Yeah, like I remember that. All just really cool stuff that kind of groundbreaking in its own way back in the day. Um, Scrooge, that's my number six.
3: Uh, movie you guys apparently don't like, uh, Christmas Vacation.
1: No? No. No? I, I, it's, I don't hate it in the way that I... <laughs> I kind of rank it. The, I kind of rank it in the same way I rank Christmas Story, where I'm just like, this is this is fine, but like it doesn't it doesn't hit anything for me. Well, I might be a little okay
3: boomer with this one then, because okay. I saw this in
1: theaters. Okay, my family has a
3: longstanding you know kind of uh, relationship with the Griswold family, to the point where <laughs> we would refer to ourselves as the Griswold family. Interesting. Mm-hmm. My dad looks a little bit like Clark Griswold. Yeah. Um, not so much like Chevy Chase, but like yeah, Clark yeah. Griswold. Yeah, yeah, and uh. Yeah, we watch this movie every year. It is a uh, it is a Niebuhr family staple. It's important I to me. I guess
2: I just don't really have an affinity, or maybe a relationship with National Lampoon in general. Like I just find the whole National Lampoon thing just kind of like my dad used to read some of them, and I remember just being it's not kind really of a like National Lampoon. No, I know things. but it, I mean they used the they used that moniker to get people i guess to the theater to a certain degree but i just don't really have any sort of affinity for any of the national lampoon movies well i don't really love animal house but what about european vacation
3: i love all three vacations i love all four vegas vacation it's not a um national lampoon movie weirdly enough but um yes i love all four i think vegas is fantastic okay i do i truly did you like the reboot
2: that they did recently because i heard it was actually kind of see it. okay what
3: do you got for don't care for don't care for rusty as the patriarch
2: okay My answer for
1: number six is the Alistair Sim Christmas Carol from 1951. I just suddenly was like, did Entourage do a
2: Christmas episode? Um, Did Sleepy Hollow do a Christmas episode? Uh, We did a Thanksgiving episode. Kind of the same thing. We were a summer show. So we were done. We never we were
3: close. You to should
1: have, you should have been like HBO. Give us a Christmas special. Well, they remember they Christmas did
3: a uh, Sopranos was always kind of a mm-hmm. summary show. And they did a Christmas episode in like June yeah, mm-hmm. to end. I think like the last season, season six, a, yeah. mm-hmm. which was very weird, very weird. But I did that on a different show. I was on recently where we did a, like a Christmas or a Thanksgiving episode that, yeah, I wrote a Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> I wrote a Thanksgiving <laughs> episode of hindsight That's that aired funny. in like March. That's funny. It was called the cranberries.
2: Uh, my number five is Die Hard. I've already Well, said. hold on. Yeah, my number five is Eyes Wide Shut. So is mine. Um, look at us. It's the. It's. I mean, listen. I love Eyes Wide Shut. Anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that I love Eyes Wide Shut. Um, I also love how it's sort of. I've read a bunch of articles about how it was originally going to be an overtly Jewish couple, which it was in the book. Which it was in the book, mm-hmm. um, and that it was going to sort of be about like Jews during Christmas sort of thing, not overtly, but just kind of that with thing. That great Saturday night live. You remember that
3: one? That great Saturday night live, uh, Robert Smigel. Oh yeah. Know, yeah. Christmas G- with Darlene love. Yes. When Chris, when the Jews take over New York and mm-hmm. eat Chinese food, it's so good.
2: So I, 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 I think it's interesting it, yeah. that it kind of still has remnants of that kind of there in the movie, but to Kenny's earlier point, I mean, so much of the film is shot with these beautifully kind of eerie Christmas lights and Mm -hmm. it's just multicolor. It's it's just wonderful. It's It's, it's, it's as
3: high as I was willing to go for a movie that wasn't really about About Christmas Christmas that I wanted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But yes, I love it. That, that is a movie that would be very high in my Christmas adjacent. I just can't, Make myself. That's a Christmas movie. (laughs) Die Hard, on the other hand, I do think like Christmas is important to the plot. Christmas, the the trappings of Christmas are important to what that movie is. It is weirdly heartwarming. So it is. It's literally a Christmas Carol. It's about a guy who's like, yeah, Yeah. lost everything. Like going through a process where he meets three spirits and becomes a better man.
2: Yeah. Wow. I got to write this. You got to write that. You got (laughs) to write that piece. Uh, Number four. I got Home Alone. Um. It's a great movie. Strong disagree. <laughs> uh, I will wait to talk an, about assuming it's a Home Alone
3: near, until it's, it comes up on, on your list. Totally.
2: Uh, I, I really like Home Alone. Uh, I was 10 when it came out. It was a huge movie. Saw it in the theater. Um, I've watched it several times since. It's a great Chris Columbus movie, too. Like I think he really does a great job. Um in making it kind of not too slap—I mean, it is slapsticky, obviously—but it's still got a heart. I don't know. I really like it. It's got great score. Um, it's just, and it's, and it's a—I mean, it's actually about what Christmas is supposed to be about, which is family and bringing everybody together and being together for Christmas. Also, John
3: Hughes movie. It's an excellent movie. We'll talk about it later.
2: Hitting burglars um, on the head. It's uh, it's that, yeah, there it is. It is.
3: Yeah, That's they're burglars. That's okay. <laughs> you know, it's fine. It's fine.
1: I'm just saying. What Christmas is all about, what I remember about that movie is Joe Pesci getting hit in the fucking face yeah, with an iron.
3: for breaking so, it and trying to mm-hmm. bite off children's f- fingers. Next. Yeah, what's your uh, for? Like a movie that's incredibly controversial. A victim of its own success. Saw it and loved it. Still love it. Love Actually. Hate it. A lot of people do. Yeah, I really don't like it. A lot of people hate it. Don't I hate it, dislike it. A lot uh, of people hate a it. Word, a lot really of people dislike it. it. Especially I hear this in writers' rooms. Like you're not people aren't really comfortable saying they love it, but then you get into small groups and they'll say, Oh, I actually love it. Um I actually love it. I don't understand the hatred for
2: it, to be honest. Especially hey, from I a shouldn't magnolia have said. Hey. Especially
3: from a magnolia fan.
2: Well Yeah. It's I'll be kind and say it's very lazy Magnolia. No, it's the flip
3: side. Um It's the everything's gonna be all right, Magnolia. Uh
2: it's the we're not really gonna resolve much magnolia. What and are you just kinda about? there's a lot of storylines that just kind of dangle off and so to kind what? of go nowhere i i it feels very much like a kitchen sink movie to me which again i don't necessarily have a problem with it just felt like a lot of he couldn't necessarily build a movie out of any of these storylines so we kind of just threw them all together they feel like odds and ends it doesn't it just doesn't feel like a movie that's actually cohesive in any real way it's got a good heart i watched it recently over a couple years ago mel had a bunch of people over and watch it again and i certainly liked it more that time than i did in previous times um feels
1: like it could be a good audience movie. I've only ever is. seen it by yeah. myself.
2: Watch it with yeah. a group and everyone kind of gets into it. And there's certain storylines that work and some that don't for me. And because it just doesn't all kind of come together at the end for me personally. It um, also, it's just, there's just kind of a lot of ham-fisted stuff in it. It's just, but again, I, don't, I don't hate I it. I saw it in the theater. I did too. When it came out with an audience, of
3: course, mm-hmm. uh, and cried through so much of it. I absolutely love the movie. There's... Maybe there's some stories the lines that don't work, but I don't really focus on them. There's so many that do work really well. Mm-hmm. I had a boss, he used to say, uh, who hated Love Actually. Sure. And she said uh, she hates it because there are no Act 2s, which I don't think is true. I think there are Act 2s in every one of these stories.
2: So... Um, I can I, I will say this. I saw it in the theater with Yawn mm-hmm. when it came out, um, and I vividly remember sitting in the theater um, and when... Um, uh, Kira Knightley is watching the video that uh, the guy from The Walking Dead yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln yeah uh has shot their, their wedding video is just extreme close-ups and he shot of the bride which is insane uh and Jan just said out loud that's so fucking creepy and there was like a woman behind him crying and I think that's the spectrum of love actually right I well, mean that's that's, that's sort not of- fair
3: that's the worst storyline that's that's un that's that's unambiguously the worst storyline of the one they sold it on. But there's so many good storylines in that. Like, she was like
1: 17 when they made the it. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> like, she was very. very young.
3: It was very bad. It was very bad. But the very bad, no good. The, don't the, do the, it. the Colin Firth, the Colin Firth one is fantastic. I love that one. I love the one with the kids. I
2: love the Liam Neeson thing. Um, the kids is great. The Liam Neeson thing is great. I think I'll give you that.
3: I think playing uh, Bye Bye Baby. Um, But the Bay City Rollers at a wedding is beyond brilliant. Okay. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love the movie. I can watch it right now. I love the score. Love the Emma Thompson thing. All right. Donald Rickman. Go ahead. Anyone
1: else? What's your four? Jacques Audiard's *A Christmas Tale*, <laughs> the French film from 2008. I don't know what, like, literally. I'm this just like, this is amazing. I'm just like, what am I doing here? Um <laughs> Christmas. It cow. is a movie about a family coming together at Christmas. Christmas is definitely important to the plot, mm-hmm. but it is just like, it is a rich sort of swath of humanity. It's like three hours long. It's just like. It's a movie I pop in every year, and I'm just like, yeah, like, like I watch the movie Margaret every New Year's Day, and I'm just like, that is Anna Paquin movie, yeah. I'm just like that to me is a New Year's movie. Like Christmas Tale, obviously, is more obviously a Christmas movie, but it's one that I watch like every Christmas day. It really captures that rhythm of being with your family and kind of hating them and kind of loving them, and like I like that. I haven't seen it captured as well. So
2: Um, my number three might be a little bit controversial because uh, for some it's not a Christmas movie, but uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Some people say it's a Halloween movie. Eh,
1: whatever. I
2: um I think Christmas is pretty important. Yeah, being in the I title, remember. and all. you really love it that much. I love Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh,
1: I named the wrong director for. I named the wrong French director for a Christmas tale. I'm so sorry, film fans. It's directed by Arnaud Desplechin. I heard you say a name in
3: French, and then I looked it up and saw another name in French, and I thought, is that what you said?
1: All the French, <laughs> all the French is the same. <laughs> that was your to thought me. process. I was like, ah, I think that might have been what she said. I'm just a uh, dumb girl. I need you to tell me. <laughs> no, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mansplain that. 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 I, the second, the second, I was like, I said it. I was like, oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And I had to look it up. So I really apologize to all the film fans out there, especially the French film fans. I'm
2: ben. so sorry. Like, I love Night Before Christmas. I, I think it's great. I don't know what to tell you. All right. Uh, What's your number three?
1: That's a movie I like the aesthetic of way more than I like the movie. I mm-hmm. don't know, like the story of that movie. I think the story of that movie is very thin.
2: And like, but I love the music. I mean, it's a musical for all intents and purposes, so I'm fine with it not having maybe the strongest story. But
1: all right, What's
2: number
3: three? three, Miracle on 34th Street, the original. Uh, another movie I watched with my family a hundred thousand times. Um, stop, um, stop, Uncle Fred, stop. So, so good. Something that my friends, not my friends, my parents say all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah, just one of the important movies. And on top of that, my parents met at that Macy's. Oh, my mother worked there. So oh, your dad awesome. was the real Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> they always called it the real miracle on 34th street. So that oh, was always kind
1: of a, like that. kind of an important thing for us. So that's yeah. there you go. Uh, number two, I really feel like number 3 Oh, sorry, three, sorry. Three. I really feel like the height of Christmas movies uh, is the 1945 to 1965 window. Basically that's my wife. Um, <laughs> nope. No, (laughs) wouldn't it be great if it was though, if she just, (laughs) what the fuck is happening? And then she came in and gave her top 10 and it was better than all of ours combined. (laughs) Um, no. So uh, my favorite period for Christmas movie making is 1945 to 1965, roughly the post-war period, which is like a height of like people feeling emotional around Christmas. Uh, and I, one of my picks is the British movie, the Holly and the Ivy, which I have at number three. It's very hard to see. I saw it on TCM last year. It's fantastic. It's another movie about a family coming together at Christmas. It's very sad and very like, I think it was made in 1950 on the dot. And like, so it's about how are we going to rebuild this country after it was bombed into ruin? And like, how Uh are we going to rebuild this family after like our, our psyches were bombed into ruin? It's a beautiful little drama, and like there aren't a lot of great Christmas dramas, and I really love *The Holly and the Ivy*. It plays on TCM most years. You should check it out. Fuck, I just remembered a movie I forgot.
2: Well, you can you can talk Please about that later. To <laughs> um, I'm gonna do a tie at number two. My number two is *Gremlins*. I love *Gremlins*. Yeah, I love *Gremlins* too. It was ten, but I love *Gremlins*. I, I think it's I think it's my favorite Chris Columbus movie. *Gremlins* is a good movie. I just think it's I think it's weird. I think it's beautiful. Like that's Chris. It's. There's just some beautiful matte extensions that they mm-hmm. do of just like Christmas at night in this, you know, I think it's in, is it in Michigan or something like that? And it doesn't matter. Anyway, my point is, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I really love it. Um, it's got this manic energy, um, but Gizmo's a Christmas gift. It feels less Christmasy to me. I think but that's why Christmas I Mo is a Christmas
3: gift.
1: Yeah, yeah sure. that's like, that's, that's, I get that. That's the justification, yeah. but it feels less Christmas. Like Christmas is not as important to the plot of the whole movie in the way it is in like Die Hard or The Royal Apparently,
3: I, <laughs> I agree with you. I, I, it's barely a Christmas movie, which is why it's not so hard, so high for me. Because okay. it really isn't about that. It's really about, I preface this by
2: saying that Friendship. I don't, you know, I don't really, you know. My um, Go ahead.
3: Does anybody have It's A Wonderful Life on their list? Nope. Come on, guys
1: like really i'm not gonna spoil anything all
3: right i have it's a wonderful life uh it's a wonderful life and the 10 commandments i actually can sit and watch beginning to end and i do all the time on network tv like every year i put it on it's a staple i really do love it like deeply i love it like i love a distant member of my family not as much as i love number one but it's number two
2: i think i know what your number one is yeah i I think I gave it away.
1: I'm gonna <laughs> shove Royal Bombs aside because it's not really a Christmas movie. Right. I'm replacing it with the movie "Remember the Night" uh, by Ernst. L- no, it's by Preston Sturges. Wrote it. Well, let, let, let me let me. Check. And let it me. is a fantastic movie about uh two uh about a DA who's trying a woman who's a criminal, and then they drive back. Uh, to his house for christmas because they can't keep her in jail and they fall in love it's so oh, wonderful that sounds great that's so oh, wonderful they remade that movie uh i i i don't know like somebody like, should remake that yeah it, i'm sure that like somebody that title is so well known and it's another one that shows on tcm every year so run T- real bombs i love you but you're on my christmas okay. adjacent list now uh so number two number two is the shop around the corner uh, that one actually oh, yeah. is Ernst Lubitsch. They remade it as you're, you've, you've got, got mail. mail. It is a very weird and dark little movie that is set at Christmas and has like a great like tale of like Christmas commercialism and people sort of losing uh-huh. their minds over that. Uh, love shop around the corner, great movie.
2: I've never seen it. No, um, I haven't either. But I hear it's lovely. Yeah, um, and it got you a lot. You would of, love it. I'm sure you would love it. I, I also this remember the night. I want to check that out. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number one. It's Batman Returns. Okay. I don't care. Well, you do love Batman Returns. <laughs> I love I'm sorry. I mean, it, it's, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's, I know it's not, you know, a Christmas movie in the strictest sense of the word. I get it. Um, Where would Batman Returns be on your all-time list? Top one. <sighs> uh, it would, it would, it would definitely be in my top 10. Uh, it might be in the, t- it might be. It'd be in the top 10. I don't know Damn, if it'd be in the top so, five. That's,
1: I that's mean, cool. Good for you. Yeah. It is a movie about weird psychosexual trauma, and there's nothing
2: that says <laughs> Christmas
1: like weird psychosexual trauma. Tell me, you're me about say me. it. going to um,
2: Yeah, I just – I think I, mean, it's, I will if you want me to. <laughs> I I think that um, it, it speaks to what you were talking about, which is the aesthetic of Christmas, mm-hmm. and that through this sort of German expressionism of the way that Tim Burton made the film, it, it's just – it's how I imagine Christmas in my head for good or for bad. Yeah. Um, Mine's more like Eyes Wide shot Sure. But, <laughs> but but again, both of these movies sort of speak to the same kind of this, this Christmas that has kind of something underneath it yeah. that I find really fascinating. And I, I just love someone kind of weaponizing Christmas in a way that is unexpected. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't love the term weaponizing next to Christmas, but okay.
0: And.
3: <laughs> I think you know what I mean Speaking of weaponizing Christmas
2: gonna, Home Alone okay. The
3: most weaponized the Christmas okay. ever Um, The the history of Home Alone and me Is very simple Saw it in the theater like every other child Loved <laughs> it very Alone much and me, the
2: Kenny um,
3: Always thought it was a bit of a trifle And then I wound <laughs> up seeing it again I probably saw it a bunch of times when I was a little kid And then I wound up seeing it again When I was a uh, more Cinephilic older person and realized uh i absolutely love this movie i think it's a flawless movie uh so happy when i watch it love every beat of it could watch could watch it or its sequel at any time
2: and Just i only skip the Trump didn't scene. put
3: its sequel in there because of a certain, rec- certain certain cameo but
1: um aside from that i uh i love number two and i think number one i think they're both fantastic movies I actually, I'm sure that people are going to get mad at me for not having Muppet Christmas Carol on my list. It's a movie I never have loved in the way that people of my generation tend to yeah. love it. But I think it's totally fine. Uh, my number one is the season four of Mr. Robot, uh, which is set <laughs> entirely. No,
2: okay. I was going to be like, like that is a mic drop. Moment. It's
1: actually really good. Like, but I would never have a TV season on a movie list. Come on, I, I would. I,
2: I work
3: with someone now who's just really, you know, pounding the pounding me about. You got to start watching Mr. Rob- Mr. Robot from the beginning. Mr. Robert. Mr. Robert. <laughs> um, you got to start watching Mr. Robot from the beginning. It's apparently really good. Season four is fantastic. I hear
1: it. And it's it's so experimental as it goes on. Yeah. Is that uh-huh. right? And I thought, so here's the problem with Mr. Robot. Season two is, is like a really hard sit. Like I like it, but you have to be, really want to get through it. And I
3: stopped after episode one of season two.
1: Okay. Yeah. You really have to want to get through it. Season three, I think is really good. And season four, if they nail the landing, is going to be the best season they made. Easily. All right, I'm my, excited. Yeah. Uh, but my number one, for a long time, I said this was the best movie, my favorite movie of all time, the best movie of all time, the greatest movie ever made. It's a wonderful life.
0: It's there, there it a is.
1: wonderful life. It's a wonderful movie. It's no longer my favorite movie of all time. Spirited Away is now, but uh, Whoa. Spirited Away is so good. Yeah. I d- is it I, number two? It's it's in my top five. I the, the degree to which I identified with George Bailey has decreased. And that has like made it, le- but mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's there's an energy to George Bailey as someone who's from a small town and longs for something else and doesn't quite know what he's longing for. Mm-hmm. That I released really, that really spoke to me. Yeah. And then I figured out what I was longing for, and I was like, oh, I'm actually a little girl who meets some monsters. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. I, it's I think think for I still, Life is
2: a great movie. Not I think
3: I still you know. do identify with George Bailey. Oh lot. yeah,
1: he's a great yeah. character. And there's I, a darkness to him. That the, is- the
3: run on the bank scene is is one of my favorite scenes in the movie.
1: History. I could talk about that movie endlessly, endlessly. Yeah. Like the thing where people are like, Mary is an old maid or whatever, and they get mad. No, fuck you. Yeah. It's great. It's great.
2: I, I have only seen it once. You should watch I it. I should watch it again. You should
1: watch it on network TV.
3: Okay. There's actually something about, not yeah. serious, there's uh-huh. something about, and that and Ten Commandments,
1: there's something about the pacing of those movies. Yeah. I think Sound of Music's want- that way too.
3: Uh, I last saw Sound of Music I went to one of the um, I went to the mm-hmm. Hollywood Ball last year which mm-hmm. was just an incredible way to watch it too you're right it's because these long movies and the breaks help it mm-hmm. they're just also those three movies are for three hour movies four hours in the case of Ten Commandments they're so watchable they're just they, they go down so easily it's crazy like those movies Titanic and uh, I, Magnolia are the only like three hour movies that I think are
1: like deserving of being three hours but
2: I would agree with that I think my no, they could be longer. I know they could be ten hours.
1: Do either you have a worst Christmas movie? Because oh, I do. Boy,
2: it's really um, obscure. So, uh, go ahead. I don't have one. Uh, Kirk Cameron's
1: Saving Christmas. Sure, it is. Uh, like, here's the thing: you hear that and you think you know what it is. You think, oh, it's Kirk Cameron getting mad at secular society for taking the Christ out of Christmas. It is not. It is a movie about Kirk Cameron yelling at Christians for trying to make Christmas less secular. Basically, it's his argument that we should give more presents on oh, Christmas yeah, yeah, because they sure. represent Jesus. And like, it's wild. It's, I think it's still on Hulu. Like it's, it's free on Hulu. It's that, so it strange.
3: It's modern conservatism. It's yeah. like
1: 75 minutes long. It's a must watch. Really? That sounds terrible. The worst Christmas movie I've ever
3: seen, I think is for Christmases. I really hated that movie. <sighs> Fred Claus, Fred Claus. I was just say gonna us. say Fred yeah. Claus yeah. bad. I've seen it three or four times. Um, the the <laughs> the movie I would never include on my list that I've seen the most is Jingle All the Way. Mm.
2: Um, Love Arnold. Love Sid. Bad. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it really worked for me. <laughs> um, so next week we're next doing week. it's uh, it's New Year's. So, we did a bonus episode with uh, Betsy Beers and Guillermo Diaz about uh, two hundred cigarettes, mm-hmm. which was a New Year's Eve movie. Mm-hmm. felt appropriate to drop mm-hmm. on New Year's Day. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a great episode. It was great to have them in here. Betsy was awesome. I, I just you know, I wish that we could have her on more. She was a great guest. Guillermo was fantastic. It was and it was super just cool. it was it was fun to sort of look under the hood on the movie, hear about it from her perspective. It was the first movie she ever produced. Um, and it's just uh, you know, it's it's a fun, it's a fun episode where we get to sort of see a different perspective on on a movie that we have covered. Um, and uh, perhaps we'll do more of them in the future. Phil, are we dropping this on New Year's mm-hmm. on Christmas Day? This will be on Christmas Day. Well, Merry, Christmas, yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody! Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody! Now that now that Trump is president, we can say Merry <laughs> Christmas again.
1: So Merry Christmas. <laughs> Uh,
2: yeah, so um, thank you for being here, Emily.
1: Do you want me to drop my top 10 animated specials just like that? I think I can do it. Yep. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer 10. Not my favorite. I like it, though. A Very Merry Cricket. Chuck Jones did a movie about the cricket in Times Square that's a fantastic Christmas movie. The great 1970s <laughs> New York vibe. Everyone's favorite cricket, yeah. Yeah, everyone's favorite cricket. <laughs> Is back. Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the only other Rankin-Bass on this list. I'm not a big fan of Rankin-Bass. Disney's Prep and Landings at number seven. Really just a nice little movie. Mickey's Christmas Carol's at number six. And that's, yes, they're the two Disney movies. I put them next to each other so I could remember them. Um, Next, I think, oh, God, where do I want to go next? Next, I'm going to pull in. um, um, No, I like that one too much. Oh, boy. I've lost the train of thought, guys. Garfield oh, no. Christmas. Garfield uh, Christmas. Sure. Really strong little thing. I really like when Garfield's like, it's not getting, it's not giving, it's loving. Uh, you know, that shook me to my sure. core uh-huh. when I was a kid. Um, up next, uh, Claymation Christmas Celebration. Just a really fantastic little special. That one sounds special, good. Yeah. Um, at number three, uh, is uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas? The original. Gotta watch. The yeah, the original you got to watch How the Grinch Stole Christmas every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I don't know what number two is because I was going to put that at number two, but I forgot what number three was. So there's some movie, some special. Uh, oh, no, number three was Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Really terrific little Mr. Magoo's mm-hmm. Christmas Carol. Then, it was then we Grinch. have Grinch. Charlie Brown Christmas. Number yes. one. Can't be beaten. Right. Can't right. be
2: beaten. Thank you for Charlie being Brown's here. great. Look me you're,
1: up you're at gonna- TVOTI. I'm not going to list all my things because we've already been here too long. I have a pinned tweet. You can read all the junk I get up to.
2: Well, you'll be on again, yep. inevitably, yeah. about something that we're excited to talk I'm about. I want to do great. every Christmas episode. Great. All right. We'll see you next <laughs> week. <laughs> Thank you so much. Podcast like it's
4: night.